Thank you God. Here we go. Man, I love you, man. Yeah, and I love you too, Terry. No, 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 no. I need it, man. I love you. No, I need it. I love you. No, you don't, man. And then we saw it right there. We saw a man who deeply loved the men that he employed, unlike other people. There's a train coming. There's a train coming, that's right. An AEW train, a man who loves people more than Jesus. There's a train coming. And I'm going to tell you, I found a man. I found a man in Georgia. I found a man in Georgia. He's a train. You might say he's an ice train. Ice cold, baby. There we are. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Getting Some Color. Uh, we don't go by episodes anymore. We go by what we're doing. and what... We go by feel. Yeah. yeah, I feel vibes, hard vibes. Hard We're vibes. We're vibing on some ice train, baby. Cold train, baby. Every time... Cold train. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw oh, him, God. the ice train, I was like, man, cold train. Maybe that's where they got the Gears of War. Maybe they watched the, this WCW uh, Saturday Night episode and like, oh, that's what we're going for. Maybe. Who knows? Let me go ahead. Better. Uh, better. Cold train. Cold train. Cold yeah. train, baby. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Anyway, we're going to be doing some WCW. Oh, shit, that's, that's, that's totally where he got it. Probably. Yeah, he, he he just adapted it and then added Ric Flair to it. That's 100 percent what that is. <laughs> Call it Epic Games on that. Like, listen, guys. Yeah, Cliffy right. B, you bitch. Anyway, uh, WCW. He is a fucking bitch. <laughs> well, let it be known, Cliffy bitch. <laughs> you are noticed, Cliffy B, bitch. Anyway. Uh, we're doing WCW Saturday night, July 31st. On the calendar, you put 30. It's actually 31st. My uh, bad. Uh, of 1993. And we are going to be doing our July awards. Uh, but before we get into our actual content of the show, uh, we're going to be talking some news. So let's tackle first the Ric Flair last match promo. Um, I... All right, I'm I'm pretty dumb at this. I'm pretty sure uh, he had a match with him probably because he's been with WCW during the Monday Night Wars, and probably he faced him. But ha- has there been a big promo with Ric Flair and JJ? Double J? Um, Jeff Jarrett? I, I think in WCW they were having him in the Horseman, like up until – that was like one of the last incarnations of the Horseman. Mm-hmm. And um, – I want to say they probably had a couple matches in WCW, and remember, Ric Flair was in TNA for a minute. And yes, that's, that's what's I, that, That's where their beef was. That, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of their actual more recent beef is from TNA. Yeah, so there's some history there. He even brought up ancient history, like like his dad's. Like my dad never fucking liked you. He beat him up in the parking lot. Of course, get ahead. Jay Lethal just shows up with Ric Flair's in the parking lot, and he's mad at him because he didn't invite him on his podcast, which I knew that was the start of the angle because Flair was like, yeah, Jay Lethal's just mad because I didn't let him on my podcast for some reason, you know, and I don't know. Sometimes he's a baby. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to use wrestling Mark autism logic and all this. Don't don't get me wrong. Wild, wild stuff. I'm not excited to see Ric Flair die in a ring, but if that's what he wants, I mean, it's going to make one hell of a movie later, but the wrestler just by, just by wrestler Mark, like logic, if they really wanted to like actually beat the hell out of Ric Flair, shouldn't Jay Lethal bring his like eight foot tall Indian friend, Satnam Singh, come in there and just just give him the death grip? Like, doesn't that make more sense? 
Also, Ric Flair has to bleed if he gets put in the death grip. That that causes his his head to erupt in blood. <laughs> that that's yeah. how it has to go. Yeah. Uh, listen, like I like Jay Lethal. Um, and b- by God, when he had the woo off with fucking Ric Flair, where Ric Flair's oh like, God. "That's my line," like <laughs> <laughs> fucking pure gold. Um, I will say this. Better than anything that WWE is doing now in promo wise, it was better. I mean, I, I, I Ric Flair, he's still funny when he sells and shit, but by God, man, he could barely walk, man. I, I'm sorry, like, dude's mad old. Like Jeff Jarrett looks fucking better than him, um, but I know it's also about 15 years younger than him too. True, mm-hmm. and like he has a pacemaker. Um, but I will say this. I'm happy it's a tag match because he could be on the outside and stuff. And and that's, you know, he could take a break. He doesn't have to be in the match the whole time. Uh, that was a safer bet to make it a tag match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Jay Lethal and uh, Andrade, they're going to work their ass. Oh, yeah, they're going to work their asses off. So what I find funny in that dynamic is that within not even a week's time, so we're talking like four days' time from when this promo dropped, this video dropped. Jeff Jarrett was on WWE television, named as a special guest referee for a SummerSlam match. Not yeah. to mention, he's also backstage, he is a VP in WWE, and he is facing against Ric Flair, which, again, it, my understanding is Ric Flair still in like backstage, still in some decent terms with WWE. That's the same thing. But with two people who, who were signed with AEW, and this is an independent thing. This is kind of an interesting thing, which I, mean, I imagine Double J's got some pull. He can do his thing. The real forbidden door. <laughs> right there. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's, Jeff like, that's like Lawler. Uh, he never officially retired, and he kept wrestling like in mm-hmm. Tennessee the whole time when he was doing commentary and shit. Yeah, those um, Tennessee wishes find weird loopholes around things. <laughs> found, found some weird, like legal loopholes they signed and they just work around Vince. Like, oh, you didn't sign it here. I can work Chattanooga on second Saturday in April if it rains. Who they, is... never, they never got Tennessee. This is the one territory they never got. Who yeah. was Ric Flair walking with? Was that Crockett? Uh, yeah, that was mm-hmm. David Crockett Jr. Yeah, uh, yeah it was which... David, Cro- David Crockett was there. Like, they literally had everybody. <laughs> it was like, at first, like, I think when I shared it with you guys in the caption, it said, this is, this build is terrible. And I didn't think it was actually terrible. It's just like maybe in some of the way it was executed was terrible mm-hmm. because like they it's it's obviously filmed with camera crews and shit, and it's supposed to look like this this spontaneous altercation just happened. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Jay Lee Hill just comes up, beats him up, and then Jeff Jarrett's there and he's trying to help him, and then he's like, "You know what? Fuck you!" and he just starts beating him up too, and he even gets his "Give me your shoe!" and he makes he makes Karen give him his her fucking shoe and he hits him in the head with her shoe now god now i i listen i i as much as i hate the young bucks now i understand this probably would have probably tickled vince probably the wrong way but if you want to (laughs) yeah sorry tickling vince Vince, he probably likes that uh anyway i would tell anybody instead of doing the whole like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he'll pay you three million dollars um wow. he uh I, what i would have done to make this a little more real kind of but it still would have been a little cheesy 
is have like be the elite like doing their little vlog thing and like messing around with Ric Flair and Ric Flair's like shut up like get out of my face and all that stuff and then Jay Lethal comes and like confronts them be like why am I not on your podcast man and then have the altercation where uh you know they're beating the shit out of him but at the same time did you look at Crockett like he was being held back by a woman yeah, <laughs> like, it's like Dude, he's like a fat. I get he's a fat old man, but he's still like a fat old man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the way I would have done it, what instead of like all this, like this is what I hate about backstage segments and shit. And, oh my god, there's a fight. It's it's obviously fake looking. There's why is there a camera guy there like that that kind of shit. Um, you can't think that hard. You, you gotta you gotta drop that logic and be like, ah, just take it for what the the brainless activity that it is. Like honestly, I would have liked them to go whole ham, like just not even like go as carny as possible, and have him like actively coming out of like I don't know, like a Jamba Juice, and he just like got a big smoothie in his hand, and he like knocks it out, and he's like woo, the smoothie, and he just flips out, and there's like shit all over the windows, and I don't know, I, I, to me that would have been like equally as corny, but also as real, more realistic. But I got I got it here because he, to his credit, he tried to start this build realistically. When he, he said Jay Lethal was mad because I didn't I didn't want him on my podcast because I didn't have time for him or some shit and like that that's all it was at first mm-hmm. this is like okay well I, I know Jay Lethal was hard to get along with that's kind of interesting um but the answer was right there you had David Crockett Jr. standing there being like hey stop hey quit it stop and he couldn't do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> at all so what you do is your friends being assaulted you're fat and old and you can't really help them. You call the police. So you mm. got your phone, you call 911. And right after that, you start fucking recording this because you can't do anything else. This is the evidence. There was a goddamn assault. So you see Jay Lethal assaulting this old man. Jeff Jarrett starts assaulting this old man too. And his wife gets involved in it. You've got, and you're recording it on your phone and it looks fucking real. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And another thing, uh, Hey, remember remember when um um Arn Anderson attacked uh Eric your Watts. favorite wrestler yeah. Eric Watts at the gas station and that was like a fan had a camera and saw that that's that's the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I what I like about what NXT used to do, I think they still do it. Like every time someone gets assaulted, like it's always the after the fact, right? Uh or yeah. what or what you can do too is they were in a parking lot some parking lots have video cameras. You know, it would have been really cool, you know, seeing the aftermath and being like, oh, we, we actually got videotaped from the establishment of this parking lot. And then you just see, like, you know, uh, Jay Lethal beating the shit out of him and then uh, Jeff Jarrett doing that. Like, that would have been a better angle. And uh, listen, we're we're nitpicking the hell out of this. <laughs> but, like, we're doing this because it was, like, all goofy and stuff. Like, the one thing that, like made me chuckle is like Jay Lethal is talking to Ric Flair and like Ric Flair says something that kind of like pisses him off but like not enough to be like it's not like Ric Flair dropped the N-bomb on him and like that's what like made him punch him he's just out of nowhere he's like okay and then it punches him in the stomach and Ric Flair's like oh he falls over <laughs> yeah. yeah I have a feeling this is going to be relevant later on some of the things, other things we talk about Mm-hmm. I think the whole thing with wrestling or anything else is it is a good life lesson. If you're nitpicking about certain things and you're putting way too much thought into whatever thing you're consuming for entertainment to escape, you've not done enough math in that day. Do more math. If you do more math problems, especially word problems or a lot of like 
uh, other equations where you have to solve for X, you will instantly forget about all this nitpicky bullshit because once you've come back to it, it's like my brain hurts. I Okay, I just take this at face value. This is goofy and I enjoyed it. That's no. what it is. So no, that, that, that's lesson, what, kids, do more math. No, that's what led us down to the path we're on now. No, don't fucking not think. Think. Uh, or, you know, it would have been really fucking hilarious if, like, Jay Lethal, like, <laughs> made Ric Flair man. He's like, at least I didn't corner a woman on a plane and helicopter my dick. Like, that's, that's what he should have done. Yeah. You want to helicopter me now? Woo! And he started doing like, a helicopter thing when he's, like, laying there bleeding and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. That would have got a lot of heat. I mean, since Jay, oh, Jay Lethal is being, like, pretty much the heels here. I just wanted to nitpick it because it's kind of like a, a, a general blanket commentary on how everybody does backstage assault angles. Oh, uh, they're always or, terrible. Or, there's or there's like, no way to do it right. Or a parking lot. No, there's ways to do it right. We just talked about one. It, it was it was offsite, and it was involving some our favorite wrestler Eric Watts, one of our favorite wrestlers. Now mine. But, <laughs> <laughs> it was done, it was done correctly, and there's other ones that are done correctly too. But yeah. Yeah. By and large, nowadays nobody does it right. Yeah. Well, other than that, do we want to move on to some AEW? You guys can uh, move on to AEW. I'm just going to listen yeah, to you. But before we get into it, was there anything WWE otherwise we wanted to cover? Like anything related uh, to their, their upcoming SummerSlam card? No, nothing really big enough for me to care. Um, there was news that I posted in our Facebook about the. The rating change apparently it did happen, but it's still shit. So, I mean, listen, you can't do Rome overnight. You can't build it. Uh, so, I'll let it brew for a month to see if any changes do happen where the ratings get a little raunchy and stuff. I'm not saying there should be sex in the middle of the ring like Lita and, and Edge, um, but maybe there's going to be more cursing, or maybe there might be some blood. Probably. So more wrestlers can say shit and bullshit, and that's supposed to like make it better somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, think of it this way: in the last two years, a, rest, a wrestler who otherwise is pretty well liked one way or the other removed the eye of another wrestler in a live match, and another wrestler who now is adored by fans set a monster on fire in the middle of the ring. I don't know how that's not TV fourteen mm. just in, ter- in terms of current standards. I don't think setting people on fire. For pulling eyes out of other people's head is is TVPG. So they were already there, and the shit was bad writing. So I don't think it makes a difference that they can maybe pop out a side titty or drop an F-bomb by accident. Like, who gives a shit? Like, I, I'm with you. But, I, yeah. I think what's happening, and you're kind of seeing it in NXT right now, is have you noticed NXTs have been a little more diva-ish with their, uh, their oh, yeah. women's Very wrestlers? Racy. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what's coming. Back. I think that's what's coming to the main. <laughs> well, it was. It was what was coming, and Vince was in charge. But then uh, all this other stuff happened. We'll we'll see how much further they push that. Uh, the segue on what you said, though, you referenced the uh, the Edge and Lita um, uh, live sex celebration. Apparently, there was a, a an ongoing backstage rumor that Edge, when he returns, is actually going to return with the Rated R Superstar gimmick. Uh, like they're going to give up on that. He's going to repackage himself when he comes back as a rated R superstar. And again, aligned with his TD 14 status that's coming up. So people are expect like there may be not, he, he's not going to go out and have live sex with people again, but he's, uh, my, they're expecting maybe more of his, uh, his, his asshole tactics. He's going to be, 
edgy. <laughs> Maybe not spooky metal rock grandpa. I don't know. Why can't it just be like the debut Edge? Remember Angry Edge, who was just running around subways, beat people up and yelling? Yeah, right, giving people concussions and shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. as his wrestlers want to do back then. I just want people to like, I want Bloodbath again. Is that too much to ask for? Like, I want, like, I, I don't even mind if they do it in AEW. They can cover people in, the, in like all black. I don't give a shit. Just when you turn the lights out, I want when the lights come back on, I want a person that had nothing to do with anything just covered in black goo. No, I, I want it to be blood. Ah, fair. I can be blood, too. Either way. Yeah, I want uh, we need, we need blood. We need, we need blood. I My favorite part of the Edge uh, vignettes that are happening is every time it's, like, so mysterious, like, you have those, like, stupid people, like, oh, Bray Wyatt's coming back. And like, then you have the other people that are just like, we get it. Edge is coming back. We get it. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people are like, oh, is it, is it going to be the vampire edge or is it going to be what you guys say? The rated R superstar, uh, edgy edge. edge. I don't know. Edgy edge. Going to have sex with (laughs) Beth Phoenix in the ring. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to make another child. (laughs) <laughs> live on TV, and then and then she's gonna like flex her arms and be like, "We're gonna have live snoo snoo celebration, live you know, conception you know. celebration." If you know the snoo snoo, you know the snoo snoo. You're you're a man or woman of class. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else about WWE. It's again, every, basically, what's going on is just a giant countdown. It's like when's Cody Rhodes coming back to save the company? That's that's pretty much it. Meanwhile, we're just gonna get Roman and Brock for the last time, but it's actually the eighth time it's been the last time or some bullshit. Oh yeah, isn't bro? Who's he facing again? Um, Riddle. Matt Riddle. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins. Why? Seth, Seth fucking because, Rollins now because he he had to step up and replace Cody Rhodes and and the pillar to the stepping stone to get to Cody Rhodes' babyface status is to beat Seth Rollins because he's the Joker. He he does mean things to people then laughs maniacally about it in his crazy suit. Oh, Cody Rhodes, don't pull your nipple muscle. Stop it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't pop a titty. Yeah. I, I hate to say this because I was pretty, like, fucking angry at him when he, uh, you know, decided to be, like, you know, all for AEW and then moved to WWE. And then, like, WWE started getting kind of good a little bit, <laughs> like, with his matches. And now he's hurt. So yeah, they, I think he had more freedom creatively, mm-hmm. like getting the script writing and stuff. Yeah, but who knows? And by the way, whoever posted the the uh, meme in our group about like the 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 bloodline and getting all the belts and Ultimo Dragon and all that stuff, that was me. That, that was, was me. you. Uh, my autistic brain was like, well, they don't have the Intercontinental Championship and the uh, the U.S. Championship, so they don't got all of them. <laughs> still wouldn't have as many belts as Ultimo Dragon. Uh, yeah. Ultimo Dragon won every goddamn belt in the world. That mother- motherfucker had like the Northeastern Icelandic Championship. Like he had everything. He was the best. I fucking mm-hmm. loved it. And the Dragon Sleeper. How, how yeah, Dragon you? Sleeper. The Asai Moon Salt. Yeah, uh, Asai Moon Salt. <laughs> the Asiatic Nerve Hold. You know he can do it. Ah, you're gonna bring that up. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, there's nothing going on in. WWE. I mean, I we have to. When do you think 
when do you think Cody Rhodes is coming back? Do you think Royal Rumble? Do you think they'll put him on ice until January? I mean, I guess this is kind of news. They talked about how he there's no timetable given to him in relation to his injury because of uh, the doctors have literally said we don't want to tell you when you're okay because you're going to try to push it beforehand. And he hemorrhaged uh, or he nearly hemorrhaged during the surgery. So uh, because there was so much extra blood and I was just assumed with all the clotting and stuff, it was a problem. So, I mean, this is someone that had like pretty serious surgery that uh, because he pushed himself so far, like he could have died from it. Um, they, they're like, you're crazy. We're not going to let you do this. So uh, I don't know. I, who, who knows when I would imagine as long as he's medically cleared, he, he will return at, at rumble season. Like they would just make the most sense mm-hmm. based, based on the story. But, but yeah. And, but again, at this point, like, no matter who's filling the role or what's going on in WWE, you the product's always been kind of on a three-month cycle for like the last decade or so. I hate saying it that way in a generic term. If you enjoy the product, great. But, but in reality, you, for the largest part, you could ignore most of the year, come in right at January when the Rumble happens, and watch Rumble to WrestleMania and know what the bigger beats of things. Outside of just very few little things that may happen in between um, – because there's not like a lot of continuity. They even kind of put a lull on things and, and you know, late summer until they get to that point. I mean, look at the draft. And, well, like even like the draft survivor series things a joke. Like that doesn't make sense. Well, I have a draft, but then a month later have a match that's specifically brain versus brand when people just switched over and there's no stake involved. Like that doesn't make sense. But yeah, again, we're, I've already drank one glass and we're, we're already going down the oddest route. Yeah. Where we're at today. I have a prediction uh, with WWE. Um, I truly think, and this is going to sound like hypo- uh, hypocrite of me to say, because I, I've always been like, well, Cody's always been a fucking, uh, he's never been a top tier. He can never be the main eventer and stuff. But I think Cody and Austin Theory could move that company, meaning they could be the two top stars. Uh Kind of like I'm not saying they are, but they could be like the Rock and Stone Cold of this era, where they could you know make shirts and and sell seats and stuff. Uh, how I would get Austin Theory to become the biggest heel fucking ever is you have Cody Rhodes win the Royal Rumble, right? Roman Reigns carries the title all the way to WrestleMania, um, and uh, it's fucking Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. At WrestleMania, Cody wins. He has his moment. Austin Theory fucking cashes in in his money in the bank and wins that night. I that it would get the biggest heat because remember, like Cody's been like, I never got the belt for my dad, and he's and he can't even sell. He'll celebrate it for like maybe a second, and then Austin Theory takes that moment away from him. That's yeah. how I would book it. Well, I, for interest of time, because I I want to make sure that we, we're not on here for for four hours. When you, when you're older, I'll tell you why you're wrong about everything you just said. But uh, until they leave the suspense, that's for our viewers to find another episode and watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Call, a callback. Yeah, a callback. Yeah, you have mm. to come back and, and watch later to see what what I mean by that and why uh, Cody Rhodes is. At simultaneously the hardest working wrestler in the business, but also one of the more overrated ones. And I, it, it's not cutting any credit to it because I actually I'm a big fan. I, I really like his work, but 
I don't think you'll ever reach that set, the status of what, where you had him in that tier. There's a reason for that, but that's, that's for another day. Um, but, uh, yeah, any, any other news on the, I, oh, I guess from the last one, we actually, the last episode we had, we, we were basically like, Hey, this is all the stuff going on with Vince. We don't really have much more news. It's been a while. And then the very next day, there was all this other stuff that came out, but we don't have to get into that. I just thought it was kind of funny that all this extra stuff came out the day after we had our last episode. Um, basically, it looks like uh, there's a there's an iceberg of shit, and we're only at the tip of the iceberg. Maybe there's more to it. Um, and it is more than just, like, ethical. Like, maybe there's more. Like, there actually could be some big problems with, with harassment. Um, again, these are still allegations, so we don't know. But if more comes out to it, uh, this could turn into a much bigger shit show for the company than, yeah, than it, initially thought. This might be a power play, um, you know, to try to get Vince out, in my, my opinion. Uh, you know, listen, we all know how Vince is. He's that womanizer. We we saw it on TV in his, in his writing on how he writes the shows. So I'm not shocked if it is true, but at the same time, this is me being, you know, jaded a little bit is maybe people see blood in the water and maybe they're trying to get a payday and maybe they're trying to nail the coffin into trying to take Vince out. And that's how I see things. Now, I'm not saying I don't believe the women. I'm just saying it's a possibility. I mean, blood in the water. He's an asshole. Uh, we we all know he's an asshole, but who knows? Who yeah. knows? Well, and I think if it if it turns out that there actually are these these contracts that are that are there, like they have proof of that. Which again, if it's legally binding, they're going to have that. that. That becomes kind of messy. I, the problem that people, I think a lot of people aren't aware of too, is that okay, in terms of shady things to do or things that are immoral, it's one thing to hire someone. And then on the side, pay them to have sex with you or people that you work with, and then pay them extra money to keep make so they keep things quiet, and make them sign a, a waiver, basically saying they won't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's as long as it's your own money. It's still really messed up. It's again, like you said, it's a rich asshole type of thing. It's a whole other thing if you were using the the money from a public company that is stock traded. That becomes big no no. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where this becomes muddy because that's where we don't know where this stuff leads to. Um, but again, this is not like dirt sheets. This is not some bullshit where uh, you know Carney Jim down the road is like, "Hey, I heard Vince did this." Like this is like Wall Street Journal is not going to post some of this stuff. So I, but like you said, this might be if this is leaking from other board members and stuff like that. It could be a type of ploy to basically get him to step down and move away. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's going to go down without a fight. I think he's far too narcissistic for that. Yeah, that's why he keeps on coming out and be like, "Hey, can't kill me." <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's that's exactly why that is what what it is. So, interested to see how that plays out. Um, but uh, but yeah, ready to talk about AEW and uh, the one of the more um, like lopsided shows I, I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I'm. I only watch the main event, so you're gonna have to like fill me in on like all the other stuff. Um, or at least the highlights. Started, yeah, yeah, highlights. Um. Start start of the show, uh, Birdie King, Darby Allen, awesome opener. Um, Birdie King absolutely destroyed him. Any type of like potential credibility people thought that he may have lost when he lost to Moxley, that is that is completely forgotten about because he demolished Darby Allen. It it looked it was a, it looked rough. It, it was a great match. Uh, uh, they beat up on Sting afterwards. Sting got black misted. Miro comes out. 
to maybe potentially save them. He cut a promo last week for background uh, about how he doesn't know if God wants him to destroy the uh, the House of Black or if he wants them to join them. And he comes out wearing sunglasses uh, because he had the black mist sprayed in his eyes a few weeks before in the pay-per-view. So there's this interesting thing about, you know, we don't know what side he's on, but a little drawn out, but it was fine. Um, let's see. Uh, Moxley and Yuta take on the best friends. Um, it was actually a pretty good match, all things considered. Um, I, I, I'm not sure, but it looks like they might be potentially pushing toward a setup where Orange Cassidy challenges Moxley. Uh, um at some point, I'm not opposed to it, but it, it does see. I don't know if their styles go well together, but it, it's worth seeing how it plays out. But there were some interesting, uh, like, uh, commentary lines. Um, so, uh, Regal and Cassidy were both on commentary, and like, there were some interesting trade offs between the two. It was kind of neat. Um, but, uh, but Will are you to actually pin Chuck Taylor? Uh, distilled win, pinned him with his own submission. He learned from him, or uh, not submission, but uh, like pinning combination. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's one thing I do like about uh, in AEW. Uh, you know, the surprise roll up is what it is, right? Like that's always a thing you do pinning combination. I like when it's not just a straightforward. Oh, I'm just gonna tuck you under and roll the tights. Like they actually have like different variations of it that like make more sense. Like it's actually a pinning combination. I think that's neat. Uh, old like older like WCW events like they you would see some of those types of things come out. It's it's an amateur wrestling type of thing. It, it kind of makes sense. So um, anyway, I'm sure I'm gonna miss a few beats. Uh, uh, Ricky Starks defended FTW Championship against um, oh I don't remember his name now. Uh, it's a guy that used to be two dimes on NXT. I don't know. Tony D'Angelo killed him, and, and then he popped up on AEW. It's some dumb bullshit. It's really funny. He's actually a guy. He's a young guy from Charleston, West Virginia, which is kind of cool. Uh, but he's also very green. He's got <laughs> a long way to go. But hey, if he's he's out there. He's young. I can't hate on it. He, he just needs reps. But uh, they, they had a match. Um, there was a celebration for the tag team championship uh, win with Swerve and Our Glory. Keith Lee goes out, and um, man, I. I love the way that guy talks. It's so funny. He gets up there. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, indubitably, we are the champions. There's me just mocking or some bullshit, but you know, he's, he's very verbose in how he, how he talks. Uh, but they get out there. They had some weird thing with uh, the, the guy that's like the bullshit attorney, which he's like the gateway to all things bad because like he just allows like weird, like carny bullshit. It, it's like a, I heard another podcast say it, so I'm totally stealing it, but Basically, it's a cheat code for them to do the bullshit that WWE would get away with and do like behind the scenes, like weird like manager segments. They have this attorney that's like, "I'm going to petition for someone to not be in the company anymore," and it's just such dumb like indie shit. I don't know. Like it sometimes it's it's like I can forgive it, but like it's on. He gets more screen time than half of the the wrestlers, and it's like I don't I don't know. I just don't get why that's a thing. But um, nevertheless, um, let's see. There was a women's tag team match that, unfortunately, because AEW is doing pretty terribly with the women's booking, it's largely kind of just eh, it's there. Um, but Jade Cargill still still looks just like a monster, which is awesome. Mm. Um, and she's pretty over. Um, I think there was another match, but I could be forgetting. Um, can, can we talk was, about Can we talk about the Christian thing? Because I did see a video. Ooh, ooh, yeah, thank you. That's that's what I'm forgetting, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's actually a pretty big one. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, So Christian Cage and 
dark luchasaurus or whatever black I'm, luchasaurus i'm mad at, <laughs> i'm mad at i'm mad at this i think they pulled the trigger too early oh wait 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 yeah. it's 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 not pulled like just wait you might get swerved so mm. uh so they come out they they fight uh the uh, varsity blondes they they wreck them uh Christian Cage does like like the good chicken shit heel thing. He acts like he's gonna do a bunch of work. Immediately tags in Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus does all the heavy lifting, destroys the two of them basically by himself. Christian Cage tags back in, gets the pin. Um, <laughs> they're celebrating. He gets on his shoulders. He's like, "Lift me! Like I, I want to be lifted like Jungle Boy." And he wants on his shoulders. And then Jungle Boy's music plays. Uh, Jungle uh, Tarzan Boy, and Jungle Boy returns. Um, and when he returns, he comes face to face with Luchasaurus. And then Luchasaurus suddenly. His eyes aren't all like dark anymore, and he's like regular. And Christian Cage runs, and uh, Jungle Boy chases him literally all the way up and down like the arena, like where he's running away. It's like a Benny Hill type of thing. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, I was kind of surprised that they did the, the turn thing so quickly too, where Luchasaurus would say, "Oh no, you're my, my bro. I'd never turn my back on you, mm. Boy Blue." But I, some people have speculated whether or not it's actually like a hey. Christian Cage is actually telling him, yeah, pretend you're his friend, and then whenever it, he okay. thinks he's on top, we're going to turn on him. So there's this, there's a chance there's a, there's a double turn again. I, I'm fine letting it play out. I just hated the fun. fans cheering. I was like, come on, man. Like, like, I was being the mark a little bit where I was like, come on, man. This is too fucking easy. Like, I like the whole – I like the Green Power Ranger having his dinosaur moment kind of thing uh, <laughs> with, with Christian and Luchasaurus. And like, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, how, with, as good as he works in the ring and stuff too, I if it weren't for the fact that Wardlow was currently holding what uh, Road Dog would call the Jabroni title, if it weren't for that, if he wasn't the Jabroni champion, then I wouldn't even mind if Christian Cage pushed him so far to let Luchasaurus become the champion. But then Christian Cage walked around with the championship like he was the champion because mm. he's like, yeah, I led him here because he's like, ah, yeah, my dragon swords. You know, it's like. I'm the best because my robot did it for me, you know, like that type of deal. Or you could do and, like, or you could do like, uh, he's doing an interview and like Christian's like, hey, hey, Luchasaurus, go over there and work out. You need to get ready for your match. And you like, Christian pulls a promo like he's the champion and stuff. That, yeah. that, that would be great. But like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe this is like a setup of Christian being like, all right, uh, you know, you go be his friend and then we'll, we'll backstab him pretty much. Yeah, but now I, I think that uh, I'm glad they're all they're all getting the, the time they deserve on TV at least, and I'm glad Matt Hardy's not involved anymore because that was shit. But anyway, um, let's see. I mean, there were a couple other beats that were touched on. Oh, ooh, this is good. This is probably the single best part of the show. Go back and watch it if you can find the five minutes. Um, I have such a mark for this guy, but he, he's just he's been incredible. They're they're great. FTR comes out, cuts a quick promo, just basically to sell their match. He comes out and does a promo about how uh, he tells a story. And this is also, it's not just that it's a real story and it's great, but it's also totally a callback to his hero, Bret Hart, which we all love, about how Bret Hart cuts the promo about coming back to WWE whenever his niece died. Um, it was super real, which is really cool. But anyway, um, so Dax comes out, tells a story about how a little girl goes to the doctor's office with her parents. Everything, it's just a regular checkup. It's all fine. Turns out she has a hole in her heart. Um, and they, they tell her, you know, she may have to have open heart surgery, but if she works really hard and they, they try to keep her healthy and do all these things that, you know, she, the muscle may close on its own. Three years later, 
turns out the little girl did everything that was asked of her. She worked really hard to take care of herself. And at eight years old, the hole in the heart's closed, no problems. And then he's like, and that's my daughter. Which is really cool because it's like a real thing he's bringing in uh, to wrestling and he's tying it in. Then he like turns it and says, if my daughter can work that hard to do this, to keep herself alive, then I got to work that hard when, when daddy's putting the title on the line. And he goes through all this like stuff about how he's going to fight the Briscoes. The coolest line I've never, like, it's just one of those things like you don't expect someone to do, but he cuts the line at the end and says, Briscoes on Saturday, because they're pushing for the promoted fight uh, this weekend. Briscoes, when I fight you, I'm going to fight you like an eight-year-old girl and I'm going to whoop that ass. Top guy's out. I, like the guy is just like, I, outside of, I'd say, probably MJF, uh, maybe Punk when he's really hot on a certain thing he says, I don't think there's a better promo right now than Dax. Like, that man just, like, he's he's pretty sure about how he cuts it, and he gets right to the point, and um, he's hitting all the beats. Plus, like, pretty much everything he does is a callback to Bret Hart. So, what if Christian really came out? Christian would have fucking become <laughs> Maggie. <laughs> I mean, like, um, it is going to be so fucked up for me to say, but, like, I hope your daughter died. Like the, <laughs> like <laughs> Christian says that. Oh, you realize you, realize you just said it, but it invents right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> he just, he cut it and Vince is like, your daughter dies with a lethal dose of poison. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say something about if if the hole was there. It's like, yeah, how would she feel if her dad was dead? Then she becomes a wrestler, and I'll make fun of her for it because her dad's dead. (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) But like, man, I I I have so much dark humor. It's fucking crazy. Like that's the first thing that came to mind. Like Christian comes out and just starts poking fun. He's like, I have a dinosaur, David. What do you have? (laughs) Fucking... <laughs> it's like, which one of you sent the meme i saw it online before someone sent it in our chat but the one is like the terminator comes out and it said christian cage yeah. <laughs> and the little girl's hiding <laughs> dustin hey dustin is your dad wearing polka dots in the casket <laughs> like, oh he, my God. if he can keep up this this gimmick i really hope that he can just keep the dead dad thing alive and then just keep start like perpetuating the asshole stuff for however many years and when cody eventually makes that return and decides you know what i do need to get the AEW championship that that's one of the roadblocks because that will be tremendous he just needs to keep doing those deep cuts on people's personal lives just whatever it could be like alcohol your alcoholism your fucking your your daughter almost died your dad's dead your fucking failure all that shit yeah yeah, and here's a PSA for those listening. If you get really mad and upset by hearing him say that, guess what? That's that's the point. It's low-hanging fruit for a reason. He, he is literally trying to get that low-hanging fruit heat. Like, he's trying to piss you off. So, you're getting worked. Like, that's the point. So, you yourself, you reflect bro. back at it. Like, be okay with that. It's okay to be mad at something if it's just bad or something. Um, and again, some things are in bad taste. Like it, it, again, there's some things maybe you do cross the line, but like those, those other things, again, these are likely things that are agreed upon behind, behind closed doors that everyone says, Oh, this is fine. Do, mm. do whatever. Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's good stuff. Um, so we'll get to the main event. Mm. Oh man, this main event, I'll, I'll do the, the quickest breakdown. Okay. Mm. They get, they get quote unquote, the Jericho appreciation society. Jazz. In a shark cage. The jazz. They get the jazz, the jazz hands, as I, I like to say, in, in the cage. Except there are two people missing. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, who, depending on what you follow on Twitter and that in that shithole of the universe, um, 
Sammy Guevara is not with them, nor is Ty Conti. Um, but and if somebody said that whether they're official members or not, guess what? Pretty much when they decided to join them and the whole blood and guts thing was set up, they were literally announced as the newest official members of that. So that's all that whole thing's dead. If you watch the show every week, you'll you'll know. So that that is what it is. Mm. So they weren't there. Suspicious, but whatever. And for some reason, Ruby Soho is there, who now doesn't seem harmed, even though her arm was broken in a car door or something two weeks before. She's there and she has this giant button that is what's lifting the shark cage. You know, we wouldn't leave that with someone out back, but whatever. Yeah, um, over the crowd, by the way. Yeah, over the, over the crowd. Which, yeah, that's that was that was probably not the smartest idea, but but nevertheless, we're, if we're going to go full details and and autist uh, takes, we're just going to go there. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea, but um, so they have their their barbed wire match. Jericho immediately gets opened up, which I thought was probably the probably one of the better parts. Right, like right away, Kingston jumps in, cuts him. He's bleeding everywhere. They have a pretty decent trade for a while there where they're, they're fighting with the, the barbed wire. There's not really much selling of the barbed wire at first. Like, you know, a lot of these matches, they try to sell how serious it is. They all, you don't want to touch it because you'll get hurt. But they just jump to it, so it kind of skips that. Um, there were times the, There were times where Eddie would, like, get, like, his balls almost got caught by the barbed wire where they had to stop the match. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, it was like in between his legs, he's like ah oh, ah, oh, and like yeah. Aubrey had to mm-hmm. fucking help out. And then I have to say this right off the bat: they fucking put barbed wire in Justin Roberts' fucking microphone, which mm-hmm. I chuckled a little bit. But then I'm like, why? It's uh, really corny. They yeah. put it on. They tried to do the barbed wire everywhere match. So they put it on everything. It was on the ring bell, and it was it, it was really like. You got to think about the logic of that. Someone had to sit there and like carefully, like meticulously put that around so they didn't hurt themselves. It's kind of dumb. Or they botched every chair shot where the chair fell on their fucking nose. Yeah, it's called mark booking. Yeah. Well, anyway, they 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 get so much into this match, and then uh, at some point, Ty Conti just comes out and attacks Ruby Soho and is attempting to try to take the thing from her and so that she can release the shark cage. So then Anna Jay comes out, which, if again, if you didn't watch from the week before, they briefly talked about how they had their old friendship, but she has a boyfriend now and, like, went to the dark side, and she told her, oh, you, you're just going to have to be more aggressive or some bullshit like that. So Anna Jay looks like she's coming out to, to save, which, again, a little more info. She's actually in front of her hometown crowd. She's from the, that area. And she looks like she's going to save Ruby Soho, and then she turns on her. So they just did a random unnecessary turn within the midst of all this. By the way, mind you, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho are still fighting each other in like a barbed wire death match type of thing in the background, but you can't see it because they're focusing on all this bullshit, which I, I was kind of pissed about that. They spent like a solid, I mean a literal two and a half, three minutes looking at all of this stuff, and you don't even know what's going on in the ring. Like there have been near falls and everything. It's it's real total bullshit. Weird how they they did the camera play. But anyway, Ty Conti finally gets them to lower the cage. Can't get the key to open the lock, which wasn't needed anyway. Best part of the whole match out of the memes. The uh, tremor who was um, skinny Daniel, boys. Yeah, skinny boys. I, Daniel Garcia. Name? Daniel Garcia. Thank you, Daniel Garcia, and uh, Angela Parker or Cool Hand Ange, or whatever he goes by, they realize that the bars are wide enough on the shark cage, they can just go through it. Which I thought was fucking hilarious. I know it was, it was accidental, but they just go, they literally just climb out. 
And then the thick boys realize, oh, there's a big hole overhead, so they can just climb out of it. So they just climb out anyway. They don't even actually need to use the lock. But there was no point to put a lock on it because they were suspended overhead. Mm. Again, you don't need, this is back to the whole thing. Do more math in your day, then you won't have to worry about thinking too hard about things that don't actually matter in your life. You Use the thinking for things that actually affect your life. But anyway, um, back to this. There's some back and forth. Again, back in the ring. They actually get back to the action. Eddie hits an exploder suplex uh, through a barbed wire table. Um, they trade a little bit. Jericho nearly blinds himself. Uh, he does a code breaker, and uh, but Eddie's actually holding a chair with barbed wire. And after Eddie comes down, the char- chair just falls right on Jericho's face, and it looks like it really fucking hurt him. Like it, it looks rough. Um, they uh, he attempts to do a lion salt shortly after, but it gets blocked. Eddie throws the chair back at him. Um, Eddie hits the back. Uh, his spinning back fist gets barbed wire, puts him in the stretch plum. Think this is actually justified as the match is going to end. Sammy Guevara comes out, super kicks him. Jericho hits him with a uh, Judas effect match ends. And then there's some weird thing where after the fact they get Kingston up, like they're going to beat him up. Kingston's able to reverse it, but it totally gets botched. Mm-hmm. Like Guevara moves in the wrong place. Like it looks like Guevara was supposed to be hit, but then they don't hit Eddie doesn't realize it. Eddie goes through the back fist and just like barely catches his knuckle. It like grazes the back of Guevara's head and then Guevara has to sell it like it hit him. So it looks really like indie shit, terrible. And then uh, he throws Chris Jericho into what looks like a crash pad that they just put four pieces of barbed wire wire on and he sells it like death. And then then apparently after it goes off air, he was stretchered off in front of the live crowd to sell like how bad it was. And meanwhile, the the picture of the last shot of the night is him sitting there like basically seizing in this like weird like yeah that was funny of of basically just like wiry string cheese on a on a pillow. And Eddie Kingston is sitting there looking like he looks like a disappointed dad. Like, he knows, like, things went to shit, and it just looked terrible. Like, you could look at him, he's like, this must have been WCW in 2000. Like, that's a, that's the face he had. I saw it that was, picture. It was fucking awful. Like, I actually would have rather them had Sparkhorse come out of the corners of the, of the ring post. This is awful. Like, <laughs> if this were how they booked everything regularly, I just wouldn't watch wrestling. Because it was like taking everything I don't like about WWE, trying to cram it in something that didn't make sense, but without the good production part that kind of saves it. It's like, could you imagine if you took all the bad writing of WWE, stuck all those tropes on indie shit, and just tried to sell it on live television? That's what it looked like. It looked horrible. Like, I, oh, it was terrible. I mean, again, I'm hoping they'll redeem it, but, like, there's so many problems with what happened. Yeah. When I was texting, like, Jericho was losing a lot of blood. Like, he was the most bloodiest one out of Eddie, because Eddie, like, he had stuff on his back, um, but, like, the whole thing was all a botch fest. And, like, they tried to sell the... Because the whole thing, like, he said he was going to throw Jericho into the bed of barbed wire. Like, that was, like, his main goal. Uh, And, like, they they sold the... They tried to sell the commentary. Like, he did it! Even though he lost, he put Jericho where he was... I'm like, so what? He lost. He's a loser. This is like the murder hawk thing. He's a loser. Like... You have to make him win. The dude is, and I said this in our chat, he is, wrestling-wise, he's not Stone Cold, but he could talk like uh, Stone Cold, he could make it believable, and he's so over with the crowd. 
why aren't you putting, you know, pushing him? Instead, wrestling wise, yeah. like Tommy Dreamer or Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, no, he is, but that he has the one thing actually back to what we we're talking about with Cody Rhodes. He has the one thing that you can't teach. He said he fall. It is the ability to Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's that. It <laughs> sorry that got me. But you know, really though, he is able to connect with the crowd. Yeah. Um actually uh, uh this is a while back, Moxley did an interview and said that Vince would kill would kill a hundred men to have one guy like Eddie Kingston because he gets a like he knows how to connect with the crowd. And that is again, it's nothing against Cody Rhodes. Because he works so hard to get where he's at, but the nat- that natural charisma to just have it to get over with it, it's not there. He has to work that much harder to get it over, and that's why things got stale for him in AEW because he doesn't naturally have it. Eddie Kingston can murder a man in the middle of that ring, and there are people there that would still like go to bat cheer. for him. Like, no, he had a good reason. Yeah, like yeah. it's 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 there. Like it's so I, I I agree with you. Like they ruined that, and and what worse is like you think less of him at the end of everything. And it's like, that's the last thing you want because he's one of the bigger baby faces in the company right now. Yeah. Given what they have. The only thing I could actually see is like, maybe Jericho sees what we're seeing and he's like, I'm going to hold on to him and feud with him until there's openings. Like maybe Wardlow will move on to the world title and then like TNT will be open. But then again, you don't need a championship on Eddie. Eddie's always been good without a championship when he was with NWA. Like yeah. every every time he, every time he had the microphone and like pulled out a fucking screwdriver because he said he was going to stab someone. Like I believed it. Um, and well, here's here's the problem though is so this is their second individual match, right? And they and again this was like built up and they were promoting this like last chapter, last saga, all this stuff. And now they're one to one, and now you're in the spot where. Okay, well, you need a rubber match. Where the fuck do you go from here? They had blood and guts, and now they have this. Yeah. Which, again, I, you, don't do the exploding barbed wire thing. Like that's no. going to be even worse. But like C4 that, that's yeah. a building. What I'm expecting has happened is that what we saw out, out in the ring was the result of very heavy last minute politicking to push like, oh, we need to do this or that, and it, and it just ruined things. And again, I, I don't know where that lies. I don't know whose idea of, of what they, they booked what, but there there's a lot of fucky stuff going on that does not fit or make sense that got cleared or, or pushed really heavily. And I'm sure it's going to be one of those things where they look back and say, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Because it, it doesn't, like, again, right, no matter where you go now, you even if you led literally to Eddie becoming champion later on with all this, like, you took a step back, right? If anything, this is what you probably would have to book, right? Because, listen, Eddie's a gangster. So what does gangsters do? They have to take out people. I'm not saying he needs to kill them, but, like, he beat them up where he, they're incapable of helping Jericho. Uh, you either do a steel cage or you do some type of hell in a cell. Like, maybe they invent some type of new, like, event uh, that is something that, the uh the jazz hands can't fucking get into or you do i don't know what mjf and fucking cm punk did with the uh the dog collar match or something like that you know you have to do something where 
he's going to be alone with Jericho because he needs to win. There, he has to win the rubber match. If he loses the rubber match, he's done. I, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know how you can get out of that uh, unless you, like, get him off of TV for a while. Like, if Jericho wins the third match, he injures him and takes six months off, uh, ha half a year. Uh, mm -hmm. and then repackage him later down the road where he could fit in and then get that push. Because this is a do or die um, kind of thing, in my opinion. If you don't push yeah. if you don't push him, he's going to get lost in the shuffle because, listen, Tony Khan is always going to be signing people. And what if they sign someone big, and I'm just pulling shit out of my ass right now. What if Batista comes out of fucking retirement and says, I want to wrestle, but doesn't want to do WWE because, you know, he doesn't like how Vince is fucking women or something. And he's like, I'm going to go to Tony Khan. And, like, now he's in the mix. Now you have CM Punk. Now you have Dave Batista. Now you have all these other superstars. And now Eddie Kingston is what he he's normally is. He's the, uh, the guy that is just edgy at sometimes. And he wants to beat you up. It's, no, I agree. If you have too many people come in, you're going to miss your opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think the perfect thing, because I don't know what the fuck MJF is doing. I don't know if that's a, a thing that's going to come out of nowhere where we're going to get a rematch of MJF versus CM Punk. Or if you want to, you could have another rematch with Eddie versus CM Punk for the title. And Eddie finally gets his, his win, his, his respect from CM Punk, too, because he won the big match finally. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in terms of like what would make the most sense with storytelling, it would make the most sense that see that that Eddie Kingston was the one to take the belt from CM Punk, but then the very first time he defends that belt, it's against MJF and he loses it immediately. Mm -hmm. That makes the most sense because again, once Eddie has the belt, it, it's kind of like the Hangman thing. Hangman lost a little bit of steam too, even though he had some pretty solid matches as champion. But he lost so much more of, of the steam he had because he's better as a chase. Again, a lot of faces are. It's like, And Eddie's definitely that. Eddie is someone who, again, Tommy Dreamer is a good comparison. Tommy Dreamer never wanted to have a championship because he always felt that he was the underdog that should always chase but never get it. And that's exactly what Eddie is in mm -hmm. modern day. So, again, it's, it is good he finally gets his flowers one day, but you should not let him have it very long. So I, I really like the idea of uh, being uh, taken away so quickly. But yeah, I just don't, again, I, I don't get what benefit they get of having such an escalated match because, again, like you said, you talk about the isolating thing, not not just, what, two, three weeks ago, they, they had the Blood and Guts match. And Blood and Guts was literally, let's put you in a cage and, and trap you in all this other stuff. I, I mean, the only thing I can think of is, again, heavy politicking or potentially... They may blow this off, but if they don't think Punk is going to be ready for All Out, they need to have a viable challenger for Mox. So is there something there where you have those two groups feuding, they're going to push and have Jericho be the one to face Moxley for the title? Um, it, it, again, because Punk, there's been no updates at all about how soon he's going to get back. We have no idea when. Um I don't like that. I don't. I don't think that makes any sense at all. Jericho shouldn't be anywhere near that title right now. Well, that's why because he's probably buying so much political T-shirts that he could wear when he comes back. That's why he's taking so long. No, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I think that uh, 
no matter what, like this seemed like a lose lose. Like, it would have made more sense that if they would have had a separate match, like maybe a no DQ match or something, but then you had interference, and then this the match that was last night should have been the rubber match. That should have been the actual blow off match where you give Eddie the win because that makes the most sense with the stakes that are there. Here, so here I, I just don't know where it's gonna go. Here, here's all right, but we need to move on to because we have oh, to, sure. Yeah, yeah, but here's my final pitch, uh, to like legitimize Eddie. Uh, is Tony Khan has to step in. He has to get TV time. He's going to be all coked up and white clawed like usual. Uh, he's going to come out and be like, Jericho and and Jazz Hands. I'm going to call him Jazz Hands now. Thank you, Jazz. Jazz Hands, you guys are causing havoc, and this really needs to stop. I've been watching, and I've been disgusted. And he's, like, screaming, by the way, and he's huffing and puffing in a microphone because that's, that's what he is. Um, <laughs> so he says, I have a contract here. The winner of this match will face Moxley or CM, whoever's the champion at the time, Moxley or CM Punk, um, for the world heavyweight championship. But if jazz hands interfere and, and in it, it cause havoc in the match or interfere any type, any way in the match, Eddie will win no matter what. It's not like a DQ where nobody wins and that's it. If they interfere, Eddie goes to the championship. And vice and vice versa too. If somehow uh uh what is uh fucking Moxley's group again? The Black Lagoon, whatever the fuck. <laughs> black Lagoon the Black Hole Combat yeah. Club. The Black Lagoon. That's that's pretty great. Yeah. If if they get involved somehow, then Jericho Go, gets the contract. I think you have to put some high stakes in that because if Jazz Hands come out and you know interfere, Jericho is going to be pissed because that's his opportunity to become le champion. And you know, I think that would be a higher stake than maybe putting him in an extreme match. I think that uh, could work. I'll, I'll give you one more. I'll, I'll give one more because I know we need to move on. This is mm -hmm. quickest pitch. So exact same stipulations you had in terms of disqualification leads to whatever. But instead of the champion, the championship stuff can be there, but it'd just be a loser leaves town match. That, that like, is true. For whatever, like, you know, leave for a while. Because honestly, Jericho needs to be off TV for a little while anyway. Again, he's done some reinvention and some great stuff, but like, he's, again, we're at a spot where this, this roster is overloaded anyway, and they're having a hard time with rotating people and keeping them on, even with all the injuries they have. And Jericho's someone that doesn't need to have the time to establish himself. People know who he is. He, he can take time off and go do because he's going to tour and do other stuff anyway. Come back later and he'll be fine. Yeah. Go do Fozzie stuff legend. and then come back and then like event another move where you twirl and like hit your elbow somewhere else and call it like the, the Fozzie effect. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hate that move, by the way. I just. Oh, the Judas effect. Yeah. yeah. Well, considering that Andrade El Idolo was using it as a transition move for like several years in, in WWE. It yeah. doesn't really make much sense, but yeah, not, not as a finisher, as a transition move, but it, it's its own thing. But yeah. um, anyway, yeah, we ready to, to move on and talk about WCW. Yes, we, we are going to be talking about, well, first to start off here, I have to put, you know, the screen up and let me just share it right now because I got to show. Share the screen. The father of the year, Chris Benoit. Oh, 
Oh, dear God. <laughs> I can't. I can't. So, yeah. Obviously, we're starting with a Jesse interview and Redacted and Beautiful Body. Bobby here. <laughs> Redacted. Uh, and cuts a promo. He kind of sounds like Owen Hart a little bit here. He's got like that nasally tone, but his voice is a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a little bit higher T level than him. <laughs> he doesn't really say that much. He kind of like says, "Fuck the Cole twins. We're gonna. It was a fluke. Whatever. We're gonna. We're gonna beat them." And they didn't leave us behind. They they didn't leave us behind. We're gonna we're gonna get him. And it's like okay. And then mm. we just go into a match. <laughs> Too cold. Yeah. Scorpio. And, and 1992 WCW Magazine Rookie of the Year Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Mm-hmm. Versus Big Sky and Cuban Top Gun. Yes, <laughs> the best name ever. There's a fat Cuban guy named Cuban Top Gun. <laughs> Now, I looked this guy up. Cause I'm like, what the fuck kind of name is that? Cuban Top Gun? And he's like, he's called like the Cuban Assassin, some other shit, and, uh, top, just Top Gun. Um, they called him Cuban Top Gun. And <laughs> like some point during this match, Jesse just like, what does Cuban Top Gun fly? A crop duster? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I mean, they don't have any jets, right, Cuba? Yeah, he's like, Fidel doesn't have any missiles over there. He he must be flying over the, the sugarcane fields. He kept making Cuban references, and he made like the the cringe dad joke about the he's sleepy because all those Cuban cigars he smoked. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so bad, it's good. Oh, it was. Uh, Cuba Assassin and Mab start off, and they he kind of out wrestles him, and and then Big Sky comes in. And, he can't really move him that much. He has to like do a thing where he steps on his foot and he, he does like a flying shoulder tackle. He tries to get him down a few times and or no, I'm sorry, I skipped. He tags Scorpio in and he tries to get him down a few times and he can't. Then he hits a missile drop kick and finally drops him. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the the Top Gun conversation comes into play. <laughs> and I, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I zoned out of this match. I, I like. I was watching it, but like it was not computing. I uh, I have to say, since you know Kevin Nash is not Vinny Vegas anymore in WCW, that Big Sky is like lost now. Like that's how I felt in this. Like he, I he, think he was, he was kind of telling him what to do. Like he was like teaching him on the job a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, because obviously Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Um, I, I forgot the intro that you said for him, the WCW Rookie of the Year in 1992. WCW yeah. Magazine Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And yeah, they always make sure to announce the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the one thing here, I, I feel, and we'll talk about this, I feel like zoning out is probably a good way to describe the theme of this entire show. But uh, <laughs> but really, though, the beginning match, one thing I, I was really missing was that Scorpio didn't get a lot of time to really do a whole lot of work. He he got a little, a couple of few spots in, but I think a lot of that also had to do with who he was working with. Um, fucking Scorpio saw who the fuck he was working with. He's like, no, nah, dog, I, I'm I'm gonna sit out here on the side. <laughs> yeah, well, there's not much you can do. You got Fat Cuban, actually, ironically, does not fly like a Top Gun, and then you got Big Sky who who moves like a giant white robot. That fucking move he does where, like, he does – he's done this ever since we first seen him. 
he'll like he'll get somebody on the ground and then he'll like come off the ropes like he's gonna do like a knee drop or elbow drop or some shit Mm -hmm. uh instead he just jumps in the air and like sticks his hand out and he chokes you like he lands on you like it's a a diving choke Mm -hmm. but it's fucking awful it's like so hokey looking yeah uh i okay i was liking the crowd uh, interaction because every time Too Cold Scorpio was getting uh, mauled by the uh, Cuban Top Gun guy, um, like one of the kids got up or were like yelling at the referee, like "Come on, man!" You can see there was two two kids out there that were pissed. Yeah. Oh, dude, the crowd fucking loves Scorpio. That is one thing. The crowd was hot for him. Like anytime he's out there, they're like, "Whoop, there it is!" Like they're like into it and shit. Like they're they, that's pretty consistent. Like he's very beloved. Uh, in the WCW uh, being like community. So I think that like that helped a little bit, but yeah, this, this match is like largely forgettable. Um, I don't know if you want to wrap it up to toward the ending there with that, with that, that classic finish from Mab. Oh yeah. The, uh, what he did was uh, he had a fisherman suplex on, on Cuban top gun. Yeah. Uh, That was was it. Uh, It wasn't a bad match. It was just there. I gave it a 5.3 out of 10, mostly because of young Marcus trying so hard. And Cuban Cuban Top Gun is an amazing name. I feel like somebody could do something with that now. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes, they could. Yes, they could. In this environment, you can get anything stupid over. (laughs) Like, like literally, bro? Like, this need for speed, bro. Yeah, all right. Here we go. It's NXT 2.0 gimmick idea. Just literally, just call it Cuban Top Gun, and it's a it's a guy who used to fly fighter jets, but now he just smuggles cigars out of the Caribbean. He used to <laughs> know Razor thing. Ramon back in the day, like his uncle worked for Razor Ramon back then. Yeah, he, he's actually the bastard son of Razor Ramon. He's a little Razor. There it is. <laughs> a little I gave us a five point three. I, I I gave it a five point two because too co- like. We we have to admit here, too cold. Scorpio is kind of like carrying the shows uh, that are, yeah. So, I mean, every time he's in the ring, it it at least it's average. Um, I want. I mean, he had a couple of matches where it was like in the six and sevens for me, but this yeah. one this one's a five point two out of ten. He just he, he didn't want to get any of this on him. That, that's the feeling I got. Okay. Yeah, I I gave the obligatory. It was. Yeah, pretty pretty meh to average. Um, too cold gets the, the obligatory bump up, and I did like that the crowd was into it. So I, I actually was a little higher on it than you guys. I gave it five and three quarter chances. Um, but yeah. again, I, I'm also a little biased with that. Too cold's my guy. Hey, what if they do Too Cold Scorpio and Ice Train as a tag team? Too cold Ice Train, come on! Yeah. I'm all for it. Chugga chugga chugga. Too, too cold, too cold, too cold, too cold. Train. Cool. Uh, I know, yeah, I, I need the too cold ice train against Harlem Heat. Oh that's shit! A, oh. That's a match. That's a money match. All right. That's the Fire Ice Tag Team Title. Fire yeah, George, George R. Martin, eat your heart out, bitch. <laughs> this is the Game of Thrones of wrestling. Fucking um, <laughs> Dracarys. <laughs> All right, so we're back, and Paul is is interviewing like Tony. Tony's interviewing with Paul, and he looks like he just got done having a fucking match that we didn't witness for some reason. And then he has a match, and then like, and then, 
No, he doesn't have a match. Ron Simmons has a match. Well, this is this is bullshit. This whole well, this this yeah, this is some fucking garbage. Is what this is. So, <laughs> we're talking about Beach Blast. We should be talking about Clash of the Champions. <laughs> I do like that comment back though. And he said, "Do you see that Paul so flustered about this whole Paula thing that he's, he's referencing a match that already happened?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, or something. And then Steve comes out and tells him like, "Yeah, brother, our match is coming up soon." And, if you, he basically reiterates what he said last episode. He's like, you beat me, I'll call you Mr. Wonderful, but until then. And then he takes his shirt off and he's got a big Paula shirt. And he's like, Wah! like right at the fucking camera. <laughs> like it seems so like unlike Ricky Steamboat to do. Yeah. I fucking hate it. He looks like Santina Morella. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's honestly, that's you know, like how he moves, his mannerisms and stuff. It's like, it's so forced. It's so bad. But like, and you can tell it's like, well, this is what he's being told to do. Like, he's trying to stay relevant out there. So he's got to do what he's asked to do. But some, uh, some it's so beneath him and his yeah. uh, his pedigree of wrestling. Some idiot back there probably told him he needs to be more fucking entertaining or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, then we get Ron Simmons versus like some fucking jobber. They, I don't think they ever gave his name. No, no, they, they literally just have like unknown guy. Yeah. He's whipping his ass for a bit. He dumps yeah. him outside. And then for some reason, like, Steamboat throws Paul in the ring. And then Ron's like, hey, I remember you. Fuck you. And he, starts, he just starts fighting him. <laughs> and then, like, at, Paul hit, punches him in the eye or some shit. And he's like, damn. And he, like, he throws the ref. <laughs> and, and, like, the ref's dead, of course. And... <laughs> And then they just start fighting, and then the the match breaks down, and like Paul Ron slams Paul on the mat and pins him, and then Ricky comes in and counts three, and that's it. <laughs> so, so my favorite part of this is actually the background stuff online about this. So, <laughs> a little background for others. I, I personally, I like to pull up the card and have things in front of me as I'm looking at it. And I'll go through and find different sites of showing what the cards are for these episodes, mostly to find out how long exact time of matches are. Sometimes it'll have it. Sometimes it won't. I like look at four or five different sites that had the, this card on it. And every single one of them has different things to say about this particular match, about who Ron Simmons faced. Some of them, and it literally has question mark, who the fuck knows? We don't know what happened here. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Some of them put, he faced Paul Orndorff, uh, or one said, like, hey, uh, uh, Ron Simmons beats Paula into a match that ends in a no contest. The fuck? <laughs> That's word for word verbatim what this blog says. <laughs> he beats him into a match. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I literally didn't know. Like, remember when I talked about how I willed myself into getting like high off of gummies when I don't eat the gummies? That's how I felt when I was watching this match. Like, I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck is going on?" Like, wait, is Ron Simmons facing some? Wait, he just pinned fucking Paul Orndorff. What is? Is he the champion? Like, <laughs> he did it under five minutes, so, like, is he the t- TV champion? And then, they, match. and then they just walked off. And then, like, that's where we got the commentary where uh, he's like, he can't do it. He's not, a, he's not a referee. And, like, Tony's like, I guess he is. And then he just walks off. And I'm like, 
Holy shit. Did I have a stroke? Do I smell French toast? What the fuck is going on? I think whoever fucking booked this had a goddamn stroke. It did. And meanwhile, I, what happened is someone back there definitely watched the movie Heavyweights. You remember that movie, right? The fat kids go to camp and yeah. you have the the, uh, the chicken shit uh, that um, Ben Stiller plays where he's a fitness guy. And they were like, you know what would be great? Best heel ever. Asian, if we had an Asian version of that, but he was a baby face. And they were like, Ricky Steamboat, watch Heavyweights and I want you to do that, but make it look good. And Just- that's Paula. And it's fucking infuriating. Yeah. Um, and he, he turns, like, his theme song is, I believe in miracles, <laughs> you sex thing. <laughs> um, I didn't rate this anything because it, like, wasn't a match, and it turned into an angle anyway, I guess. But whatever. I, I, ra- <laughs> I rated it, it's like you're eating ice cream, and you're lactose intolerant. And you did it anyway, oh. and you just shat on your fucking computer chair. That's what Taylor. I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I wrote on my card, Ron Simmons versus question mark equals, and I drew a poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give it a number, but it, whatever it was, it was shit. Uh, um, yeah, they do a little recap of the, the Beach Blast match with Flair and uh, Barry. And not a recap. They just straight up show the last five minutes of the match. <laughs> oh, that's what they used to do back in the day. Yeah, they, they just straight up show it. Yeah, it is yeah. weird though because it's like weeks removed. It's like you had another episode in between it, so it's kind of odd to show it this episode versus the last. But can we talk about the my, ending my again? Brain. Can we talk about the ending of this match? It was shit. Yeah. Kind of shit ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I, I don't necessarily mind the whole spot where someone gets pinned by the figure four because they're, like, drained and exhausted. But, like, he didn't sell it that way at all. Like, at two, he puts his arms up. Like, he's like, ah, like, I can't get my shoulders up. But he's, like, writhing around. It makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you should only be, like, you should only get pinned by by the figure four if you have been, like, hurt or injured so badly or the match has been going on so long, you've passed out from exhaustion. Like, that's where that makes sense. Like 45 fucking minutes straight, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you like literally you pass out from it, right? That, that's the only way that makes sense. I, I just don't get it. But uh, but yeah, I thought it looked crap too. And you can even see there's a lot of audible, like, confusion. It's audible confusion. Like the ref's like doing all these weird hand gestures and then he like rings it and then the crowd's like, huh? And then, then they go, like, oh, you won? Yeah, Rick won. It's, it's weird. Woo. Yeah, uh, even she didn't believe it. Look at her. She's like, yeah. What is he saying? <laughs> He's saying that brother, he did it, and whether you like it or not, it's the best thing going today. Woo. Woo. Yeah, what's her name? Fifi? Is that what we called her? Fifi? Yeah. yeah, Fifi the maid. Yeah, Fifi the maid. I just showed you, too. Like, if you actually go back and just like, look at a transcript of work or what Ric Flair says, it, it's not even, like, that, like... Like it's not any that profound at all. He just says words. It's like the way he said it. It's the so way good. that he said it. So it's fucking like, good. It's like a Macho Man promo. If you actually break down what the fuck he says, it doesn't make sense a lot of the time. But it's because he's saying it the way that he says it. I'm looking at you in the fucking video scope. Yeah. Sometimes you listen to Pink Floyd and it makes you think. Yeah. Sometimes you look up in the sky and you see all the stars and you think. 
man, I can go there. I can reach for it. Yeah, you can get what you want to take in this life. Dig it! And, you know, something like that. Sometimes I have yeah. icebreaker mints and I think there's global warming. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that, you're you're edging toward Ultimate Warrior promo territory there. <laughs> the icebreakerage of the universe. <laughs> it's warm. It's hot. <laughs> so, after that, we're back from a break and then Tony's interviewing Max Payne and he's mad at Johnny and tells him he stepped into his zone, brother, and there's going to be no mercy. And he's he's going to whip his ass. And I'm I just hate, like, why? I hate his shirt. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. He, he He's right. There was no mercy. That, that was There was no mercy for those fans. It was the fuck? fucking awful. What the we'll f- get there. What we'll the get f- there, guys. What the fuck is this? Like... Wait, it- Hang on, I still want to say this. You're still giving him shit when he's wearing like metal T-shirts. When you remember the the awful Nick Green fucking singlet he was wearing. That is true, but like <laughs> this is because I did graphic designing in college, and like the center of his shirt is all fucked up because of these fucking skulls. You're right though, aesthetically, it's like all fucked up. It's like I don't get it. It's like. <laughs> And and again, he his shirt is like a fucking dress. Like he's a big I, guy, brother. I get it, but like I don't know. Cut the bring that logo up, and then cut the fucking shirt a little bit. <laughs> but Take I foot off it. Yeah, I, I think they should shave his head, put a helmet on him, and make him a manager. Call him Spartacus. <laughs> Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, sure. He manages. He's going to be the teammate to Ice Train. Um, Jim Hurt, Rick Flair. He wanted to shave his head. Uh, uh, oh no, I knew what you meant. I knew the reference. Yeah, that's why he left. I was, I was basically he was like, "Fuck it, I'm taking the title with me." Yeah, that one, Yeah. Now we have like this amazing fucking fountain of charisma, Paul Roma, and uh, <laughs> first fountain. Did you mean? Did you mean vacuum? Uh, yes. It, yeah. I'm sorry. Who, was, who is that? Otis Apollo. Okay. That was the best. <laughs> Is that a real name? <laughs> he forgot. He's going on a rant, and then he's like, "Who is this guy again?" And Tony tells him Otis. the name again, and he audibly groans under his breath. Of, oh God! <laughs> to, to be fair, Otis Apollo sounds like a real fucking fake ass fucking name. It's two first names just thrown together. It keeps, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" There's a jobber on on WWF TV, Phil Apollo. I'm like, is he related? Is he like his southern cousin? Is that what this is? I don't know, but how many, how many Apollos do you know in your life? I don't know, but Paul Roma, like his muscles, looks like if you take a needle and like put it against his muscles, it will pop out. It's kind of like the Looney Tunes. I thought you were going to say his muscles looks like he put he took a needle and shoved it in himself, and that's how he got him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say what you're thinking doesn't make any sense because those muscles exist because of a needle. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Put yeah, a right in the, right in his, his ass is what he did. Yeah, every it's time. Like, Look at me, mm. ass needle. Yeah, ass needle. meat needle. Uh, but Otis <laughs> Otis Apollo had some like offense in this, by the way. Was no offense. Um, Roma's stuff looks pretty good, but he just has no goddamn charisma. Like, and he he has like the same fa- facial expression the whole time he's wrestling almost <laughs> except for occasionally when he gets hit he sells it it he makes like a oh face or something <laughs> yeah like, he kind of looks like what gets me is uh you you guys ever watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation yeah yes 
the classic, right? You know the yeah. neighbor, the the asshole neighbor that lives next to him that's like always wearing a windbreaker. And he yeah, wants money. he looks exactly like him, but, but on steroids. He, <laughs> it's Paul Roma. He just like oh. he, he has a face that you want to punch, so you can't get behind it. You're like, God, God, do something with your face. It looks awful. He looks yeah. he looks like every uncle in the nineties where he's just <laughs> like he just did some cocaine and meth and like he's just chill he's just chilling wanting to play uh, two hand touch with his nephews and shit and friends. Like uh, he has that sourpuss face. Like he had t- at times where like the women were like actually coming for his fucking muscles at the side over there like they tried to touch him <laughs> did, you, did you just did you just use like, th- like a run on sentence to call Paul Roma a low key catholic pedophile yes. without calling him a catholic yes <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you man this, this PC world out there has made me like edit it like try to do the long way of uh, saying stuff like that just- you, you heard it here guys Dubs getting some color crew. Paul Roma fucks kids. Yes. And if he doesn't, he needs to fix his face because he looks like he fucks kids. I was going to say, if he doesn't, he needs to. <laughs> no, no. We, don't, we, we are, no, we are anti diddling kids. We're anti diddling kids. Fuck you, Bing bong. What? My favorite part of this match is when Tony's trying to, like, be the uh the play by play analyst guy and he fails miserably at that that's mm. that's he's not good at that at all Mm-mm. um never was everybody that says he he was good is like a rose rose colored glasses kind of thing no tony is um, definitely that i'm happy to be here or like the interviewer or like he he's never been good at the play by play he's he's talking like so this team of like our Anderson Paul Roma, it's an interesting combination because Arn Anderson is the the powerhouse. Arn Anderson is the powerhouse, and Paul Roma is the high flyer. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, hang on a minute. Arn, how is Arn Anderson the powerhouse? That's not how he wrestles at all. He has one move you can call a powerhouse move. It's a spinebuster. Yeah, that's which it. To be fair, which to be fair, that is that's how he finishes things. But at the same time, look at him. Standing next to Paul Roma, what Paul, Paul Roma like the way he has to move? He has to move to make sure that his thighs don't rub together. So like he has to keep his gait like let a waddle because he's so big. How is he a high flyer? Paul Roma <laughs> is like at least three or four inches taller than Arn Anderson and his muscles. And is he a high flyer just because he does what they call a swan dive off the top rope as his finisher? A big, it's just a big splash. Yeah, do that. Mean, between the ropes on the ground, he moves. He moves like the antithesis of agility. And he does powerhouse moves. He does backbreakers. He does fucking weird suplexes and shit. Power slams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Sorry, what were you saying, Dubs? No, I was gonna say like, why the fuck do they call this? Like, did they not call it like a I don't know a frog splash? Like, it was almost like a frog splash, right? It's just a splash. Yeah. I, I call it a big splash, uh, but like usually because they, they have a big fat guy do a splash like that because it looks it looks like it kills you. Hey. Uh, but I think they're just trying to call it a swan dive to try try to make Paul Roma sound more graceful than what he appears to be or something. One of those things. They should have called it the Roma Tomato Drop. Whoa! That's, I like that. Yeah, he should have just went full, like, Italian pizza. 
Maker. Like, that would have, like, listen, just get him over to, like, wait, keep him off on ice for a year, send his ass over to WWF, let Vince give him an occupation. Oh, Paul Rowan needs to be teaming with the Italian Stallion. Yeah. The Italian Stallion and Paul Roma. Mamma Mia. (laughs) (laughs) Yahoo! Yes. <laughs> I, I, I can do all the talking and shit because Paul Roma can't. I do it all the meth, uh, all the cocaine. Uh. Guys, I'm starting yeah, to get the vibe that Paul Roma's not a good wrestler. He can't talk. He can't really move that well. He, he touches has kids. No, he has no charisma. Yeah, he, he, looks, <laughs> he, he looks like a registered sex offender. Like, yeah, I, I have a feeling he needs to do something else. He probably um, just wears a fanny pack. Anyway, that's all he wears. That, that's that's the fashion right there. I say, don't hate on the fanny pack. No, I'm not. I'm, that's, I'm saying that's all he wears. His fanny packs. Fanny pack covering that ding dong. Actually, he's yeah, he's not even wearing tights right now. That's just a massive fanny pack. He's touching Otis <laughs> right now. That's what he's doing. Uh, squash. <laughs> squash. Le, le, le squash. Squash. It was a squash. The worst. A squash. Magnifico. Uh, <laughs> so, Roma. In the ring, wow! Squash, wow! Paul Roma <laughs> is crazy. Paul Roma thinks he's a wrestler. Well, let me tell you something: he's not a wrestler. <laughs> Paul Roma puts two hands on a child. It's crazy. <laughs> Pack involved. <laughs> uh, let's go to country singer Dustin Rhodes here. Uh, is sick by the way uh add page take notes stop being so much of a whiny bitch and wear more cool cowboy shirts please mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh it's more of this bullshit about trying to figure out who the mystery partner is i'm already fucking over this already oh i was getting so tired of this because then from here he just kept bringing this shit up when he was talking to tony through commentary it would drive me fucking nuts and it, it continues later but for but before that we get Lord Stephen Regal. He graces us with his presence once more with Sir William. Amazing uh, interaction with the fans there with the, the shit sniffing smell. It's like he walked into a fucking barn, I think is what they said. Mm-hmm. And, and he looks directly at some fans. And so I think some girl touches him and he like recoils. He's <laughs> just like, Ugh. Yeah, right here. That lady. Oh, uh, yeah. I wanted, him to, I wanted him to slap her. Please, because that, that would that would have been amazing. Like you touch the wrestle, you get slapped. <laughs> but then this is this is the '90s, and this is still the era where people think wrestling is still kind of real. And I could totally oh, see man. like the like father or boyfriend jumping over the fucking railing to like beat <laughs> Lord Steven Regal. Uh, I don't think they would be able to take him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hear me out. Hot, hot take on on this type of of gimmick now in this this modern day. Someone that's like just like repulsed by the fans being grimy and gross so they actively keep like towels with them and they have like a spray bottle and if someone gets near them and they're disgusted they just spray them and then throw a towel at them <laughs> i like it they just walk on 
And they know, oh, I got the towel. I'm, I'm filthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the fan gets to go home with something like that. It's no, there's no physical contact. So like, you're not going to harm them with a spray bottle of water, but it's also just like so demeaning that someone's like, you're so beneath me that I'm spraying you like you're a dirty animal. <laughs> like, I think it works really well, but may, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, uh, you got some. <laughs> sorry. I got to bring this up since we're talking about like shit face smell. Uh, and we have Lord Steven Regal here. Uh, Tony Khan, listen to me. Turn the Black Lagoon to fucking heel. Um, and then you just bring Lord Steven Regal back to what he is was in WCW in the WWF days. And then you team up with the... You ever see those ads on YouTube where he's like, guy throws a dish and he's like, that's a dish, you're a man. And like the soap guy or whatever. Uh, I'm squashed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you team up with that and then he just like, fucking throw soap at fan like don't chuck him they're like don't try to kill someone but like throw a fan and just like steven really Re- Re- here this is here's a, here's a soap this is soap you to wash yourself with mm-hmm. oh that's perfect yeah the uh the spray yeah instead of like a spray bottle of water you can just put like it's it's a bottle of disinfectant or something like lysol spray him in the eye <laughs> Yeah, just disinfect it and then throw in towels at people. Like, wipe yourself off. Little travel bottles of hand sanitizer. You can just throw a bunch of those at the crowd. Use this. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. You can take some financial losses there. That shit's expensive. Oh, shit. Yeah, don't put that in the microwave either. It explodes. Um, I've uh, seen video of it. How'd you learn this? <laughs> <laughs> How many edibles did you eat? <laughs> <laughs> my fucker was like, man, that hand sanitizer looks good. It's gingerbread scent. I, it might be tasty. I was so, so high. I, sorry, side tangent. I was so high once, man. I We were at a cold cuts. I just had a fucking mustard sandwich. I was like... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's just some fucking comrade shit right there. Yeah. Uh, Soviet Russia mustard have you... So, Lord Steven Regal is going up against Scott Stud. That's Stud. that's a fucking badass name for a jobber. Yes. Uh, and Regal's just in the zone with this gimmick, and he's like working awesome, and it's it's just like a showcase for him. He even talk. He even bothers to talk shit while he's putting the guy in a hold. It's great. He's cutting a promo on him while, right there mm-hmm. when he has the face lock on him. <laughs> and. He makes Stud not look so studly eventually, putting on an abdominal stretch. And he takes it to the ground with like this, he modifies it and he gets a submission. I was like, whoa, a, a cool version of an abdominal stretch to finish somebody. Cool. Yes. Squash. Yes. Like his face right here. Squash. Yeah, he's selling the pain. Good job, yeah. Scott Stud. Squash. And then. Uh, <laughs> wow, what a face. <laughs> these people, the smell of these people is making me retarded as we speak. Yeah, these, I love this part when he comes out there and texts and Shanghai and he puts his, he's like talking about how he's like, I have to be bothered with this clash of the champions when I have a very important polo game I'm going to miss. And then the, these two guys come out, text touches his, his shoulder and it Regal looks at him like he just smeared a turd on him. And he's like, listen boy, I don't mean to interrupt, but we got we got some business. And he's like, take your hands off me. And then 
<laughs> he's like, oh, we'll need to take a bath when we get out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> he looks, he looks at Sir William because he touches him again. He's like, he's like, you know, clapping him on the shoulder. He leaves. And he looks over at him. He's like, did you see the dirt under his fingernails? <laughs> I must have a bath immediately. That's <laughs> 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 <I'm scarred. laughs> Oh, that was great. That was actually like entertaining. Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was quite funny. Then we get the colossal Kongs, uh, oh, glucose and cholesterol. <laughs> the fucking diabetes Magneto twins. I <laughs> know <laughs> they did name them. To be fair, this time one is called King, and that's the one that always looks like he's about to cry. That's the one I call glucose. Eh, 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 yeah. Cholesterol is awesome, Kong. Which I was like, what? <laughs> I, I, I heard that too, and I was like, "Wait, huh?" Uh, didn't you guys? It's like, oh, what? Didn't you guys mention that he looks like the uh, the principal from Billy Madison last last episode? Chance, about that. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Did, like, that's glucose, right? Yeah, it's glucose back there. It looks like he's gonna cry for some reason. I think it's because yeah. his level's low. But <laughs> yeah, he's about to start yelling racial slurs if they're not careful. <laughs> We're gonna fight Z-Man and Johnny Gomes. Oh yeah, those guys used to be a team, and they got their fucking asses kicked. Yeah, now they're back to being like fucking jobbers again. Like, remember when Zach, when me and you were like, "Oh, shit, they're actually doing pretty decent and shit." Yeah, they got some wins. They were like, they were positioned in the early part of this year as a mid card team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat jobbers. They beat regular teams, but when they got up against who they were trying to push as a higher profile team, like. Somebody like fucking Wrecking Crew. Remember those guys? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> they would lose. <laughs> I, but sorry to uh, sorry to go on a side tangent. But after I watched this episode, I actually thought about Wrecking Crew and then went to bed. Now don't get don't get it twisted. I did not have a wet dream about Wrecking Crew. I just well, ima- I just imagined Wrecking Crew got really really fat and turned into these guys. So that's wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what happened? They got depressed because they couldn't be like, you know, like Demolition or Road Warriors, like they were going to be the 90s Road Warriors, and it just didn't work. Yeah, they couldn't win because of the Cold Twins. Yeah, because the Coles. Yeah. Because you said that one dude sounds like he works at a Best Buy. Yeah. Instead of like being a wrestler. Yeah, because the other guy was like, I'm going to beat your ass. And then like, and the other guy's like, well, I don't, you know, if you buy the Best Buy card, you, if you do that, you get 12 months of no interest, and you can buy this this fucking laptop for, you know, with, <laughs> right now. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, they do an interview, though, and they're talking shit about these guys, and uh, he threatens, uh, Harley threatens Sting and Bulldog. He's really mad at, at Bulldog in particular for some reason. He's getting right up in the camera. <laughs> I love it. Like he got so close, the camera couldn't focus, and it just it was fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Tony's like, "Oh, there's there's another package for you here, Mister Race." And he's like, "What is this? What is this shit?" And he pulls out like a, a cactus. That cactus is dead. It's a dead plant. It's dead. Like your career is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I just figured out I could do Harley Race. I never tried before. Yeah, <laughs> there's something about the combination of him cutting this particular promo with the the Kongs in the background. Oh man, I, 
<laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it. It's really funny looking for some reason. <laughs> it's just uh, we're I mean, we're gonna talk about it later. I mean, it's on. I've got I got some awards. We're gonna we're talk about this. Spoilers. We're coming back to it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I, I gotta make a joke. It, guys, if you're watching like video, it's uh kind of like you're having fun at a party, right? And then you know when the you know the milkshake or whatever is about to like go through you, and you're about to need to take a shit, and then you have this face, like uh oh, which face? That guy Harley? Harley, like uh oh, I think I pooped my pants. That's the face. Uh, poop face. Yes. You mean like the face Frodo makes when he gets stabbed? Yes. Like that. <laughs> some, like, some international object pierces his his, his skin or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now we got Rick Rude and the Equalizer, another guy who's like having meth fits and he's swatting like invisible flies and shit. Against <laughs> like Brad Anderson, Tom and Tanner. Like, that's what he's doing. Like, what the fuck is. What is. Who. What is the Equalizer? What is he? So what happened was he he initially wanted to be the, the low blood sugar, but they were like, no, nah, we're going to bring these, these fat motherfuckers on. We're going to do that. So he's like, well, I guess I'll have schizophrenia actively in front of everyone, and I'm going to be fighting in a different dimension while simultaneously being in a wrestling ring. <laughs> that's what that is. This, there's not much to say about this because it was just a squash other than, like, he's having his meth fits, and then he finally gets to wrestle a little bit. And fuck, the first thing he does is almost kill this fucking guy. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but it looked like he was trying to do like a choke slam, and instead he just dropped Tommy Tannum like on the top, like he landed on the back of his head and his body folded over. And I was like, fuck, did he just paralyze him? And now he can still move apparently somehow. <laughs> just, and uh, Rude was in there, and he did awesome shit. You know, he's being Rick Rude doing suplexes and fucking pissing people off and no atomic drops yeah um, i was kind of upset about that i don't think a jobber is going to hit an atomic drop on rick rude you got to be somebody that is true <laughs> and then equalizer comes in and he, he kills anderson with a full nelson squash squash three the show the show is long and it was very heavy on the squashes Squashes and promos. A lot of promos didn't go anywhere either. Yes, a lot, a lot of promos that like did nothing, went nowhere, and a lot of squashes that also didn't go very, very far either. Right after this is more crying about Dustin's mystery opponent. I'm like, God damn it! Just get over this shit already. Give me something new. Give and they did. Something new. They, they gave us something new right after this. Oh my! Are we here? We're here. Are we here? Oh, do you hear that? Do you hear it? There's a train coming. Train coming. There he is. This dude, he actually kind of looks like Ice T. That's. I was like, why does he look so much like Ice? What the fuck? Is Ice T? If you put creatine in your Ice T? Yeah, sure. If you creatine Ice T, that's there it is. Thunderbolt. They tell us Thunderbolt Patterson has discovered this this new wrestler, and I'm fairly certain he's special needs or something because all he does is sit back there and make train noises. <laughs> like, like Thunderbolt Patterson is, is doing a Thunderbolt Patterson promo, and he's trying to hype this guy up. He, Thunderbolt Patterson can do a great promo. Wait, hold probably... 
Look at this. Is he a fucking mafia dude? What is this? Yeah, he's he's doing the thing. Do you see him? He's he's doing the shit right there. Yeah, he's. I mean, <laughs> that's, just, that's how these things go. You bring matches in the middle of a uh, middle school gym. You get John Gotti in the middle of the fucking ring. That's cool. Yeah, he's Fugazi. He's gonna beat this ice train guy like it's nobody's business. Gobble goo. <laughs> but, yeah. but uh, I. I just couldn't get over that. Like the whole time, he's just going like, a train's coming. And there's a there's a Southern Baptist preacher hyping him up in, in front of him, and, <laughs> and then who wants to turn around and be like, "Listen, motherfucker, if you don't stop, I'm gonna send you to the corner with your coloring book." I, I, <laughs> I actually expected him to backhand him at some point because it was getting annoying. <laughs> And then, like, they show us this match where he beats this this fucking gobbledygook guy. He did that. You see the chop? He did the pow. Mm. He did the cross chop. That was cool. <laughs> this guy looks like Big He's e. a Pokemon? He's a champ? <laughs> yeah, he did my chop. Well, he hasn't evolved yet. He doesn't have four arms, so you gotta, you gotta trade him to get that. He's a Machoke. It's Kirby. <laughs> but, uh... He even does the choo-choo noises when he's in the ring wrestling. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? Like, what is this? What? <laughs> Who came up with this idea? <laughs> Eric Eric Watts did probably. I need. Damn. I really need him and Too Cold to be together now. And Too Cold just very over the whole train thing, and he like smacks him in the back of the head, and he's like, "What the fuck's wrong with you? Stop doing that shit." <laughs> yeah, I feel like this guy could be in New Jack's group. You know, the gangsters. Mm, and he, yeah. he's like the mentally unstable. He could be like Mufasa, except dumber. There's a difference between mentally unstable and mentally retarded. <laughs> They're two different he's things. Got, he's got the retard strength, though. See, Mufasa didn't have retard strength. He was just insane. Yeah, he's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's that's Ice Train. What do you guys think about Ice Train? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, a part of me is kind of like, I want to see what he does, but a part of me doesn't because I don't want to watch any more WCW. <laughs> <laughs> He gave it away already. Put him on a different promotion, yeah. and I'll watch it. I want to say he was ahead of his time. I have a feeling that this is the forbearings of what became Eugene. This is big I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, no, like, not even kidding. Like, actually, I'm pretty sure this is – because that's pretty much what Eugene would do. He would just go around behind people, and they would talk and do promos and stuff at first, and he'd be like, pretending to be an airplane and shit. And he'd be like, I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh or not. Like I remember, like watching crowds with Eugene, they were always like really uncomfortable. It's like, if I laugh, am I going to hell? <laughs> so, man, and it just so happens his autism is trains. I mean, at least it's something you can do that with. I mean, if you if it was washing machines or something, he'd be fucked. I mean, everybody yeah. knows that the, the the locomotive is the official mode of transportation for the the autist, and and it's the the mode of choice to travel. It's Check true. It. People Check autism it. love trains. Check Scientific fact, Jack. Choo, choo. <laughs> After this, we got Tex Slazinger <laughs> and Shanghai Pierce versus the Cole Twins, and this is what I wrote: No, 
I've seen this too many times, and I I skipped, I fast forwarded that. I've never done that before. Wow, because it's true. Dubs, am I lying? How many times these motherfuckers wrestled each other? You want to know when I fucking tuned out? Right here? No, when fucking uh, Jesse's like, who's the fight? Who's in the ring? I was like, nope, nope, <laughs> not again, not again, not doing this. And I, as, soon, as soon as I saw these four motherfuckers in the ring, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> fucking skip. I've not been traumatized quite that much yet, so but I boy I I really I don't know what it is, man. That that haircut is just like amazing. Oh, in all the wrong ways, but yeah. And there then meanwhile, you've got re- redacted and yeah, beautiful and redacted. That that should be their new name now, beautiful redacted. Redacted beauty. It was redacted so beautiful. Beauty. You're not allowed to see it. Redacted in peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh shit! That's fucked up. Do you think Chris Benoit could wrestle Orange Cassidy? No, he murder him. You think you could take him? He would murder. That's great. I was gonna say he's gonna choke him out, uh, <laughs> make him have a dog collar match, but it has to be the really, like, a, like wrestling equipment. Oh, shit. Like weightlifting equipment, yeah. Well, that's fucked up. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I skipped to the finish, and I couldn't believe they gave these guys fucking eleven minutes. Uh, not it that I hate way too long. Now I don't hate Shanghai and Tex because they've kind of grown on me. They got better, but the I've seen we've seen this match like several times over the year. Yeah, um, it's. It, it was not great, and also the, the the thing that actually made me the most mad about this match wasn't even about the match at all. Guess what they were still fucking talking about during this match? The, the mystery partner. The fucking mystery partner. Just kept who bringing that shit up. Who's the and, mystery partner? Kept, Tony? Like, Tony, you know who it is. Why would you do this to me? I'm his hero, and he won't even tell me. I buy uh, your watch every day for TV, and you don't even tell me a damn thing. <laughs> he's like, I should go off. I, actually, I really like this line at some point. He made some comments like, I should just go off and do the broadcast by myself. And then Tony's like, well, sometimes you do. And then he starts doing it like, <laughs> right after that. <laughs> it's not funny. It's like, damn, shots fired, Tony. I, uh, I skipped to the finish, and then I saw what happened, which was uh, whatever fucking Cole picks up, tax for a suplex in Shanghai, has his dog's back, though. And he kicks the Cole in the back of the knee, and it causes him to accidentally get crossbody, and he gets pinned. Okay, here's what's bullshit about that. They again, this match went way too long, and they they did the whole spot where they beat on uh, one of the twins for a long time. Finally, yeah. got him to get a hot tag. That that tag was as hot as room temperature milk. It, and then they went yeah. to the finish, which was the opposite way. It was fucking terrible. Damn, I actually gagged a little. Me too. Yeah, it, milk sucks. Uh, it does. I don't know why Europeans drink it that way. It's fucking gross. Yeah, Do they? Fucking... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of Europeans prefer to have their milk room temperature. They don't have to refrigerate it. Hey, Europe. Hey, Europe, you're fucking weird. I know you know, Europeans don't drink a lot of drinks cold, actually, but mm-hmm. which is still bizarre to me. And they think we're weird, though. It's like, your drinks are cold? Why? And I'm like, your drinks are hot? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> 
I mean, I, I get I, other drinks. It's like, okay, whatever. A lot of people like to drink their temp, their their water room temperature. That's fine. But milk, I, just don't drink milk if you're going to drink not drink it cold. It doesn't make any oh. sense to me. No. It's fucking weird. I, uh, this is oh, what I this is what I said. I said on my notes. Oh my god, Jesse, stop! And I said, "Wow, I'm fast forwarding and it's still going." That's that's what I said. I didn't rate. I didn't rate this because I skipped it. I, yeah. I have no right to. So. Oh, I I tried to be like at least kind of nice about it, but I gave it four and a half chances. So it's below average. Below subpar. average, but subpar. But like, I've seen worse. I have seen more. We're we're getting to it. We're getting there. Uh, then Tony's interviewing Tex, who cuts a pretty good promo, actually. Yeah. And like he comes off pretty natural until Redacted and Bobby Eaton show up. And then Tex calls Redacted boy, and I'm pretty sure this pisses him off because Redacted's not exactly a huge guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the two of them get mad at each other. They just start fighting. And then like, no, I'll give I'll give Redacted props because you said a pretty good line. You better make sure your guns are loaded next week, cowboy, because we're going to fucking get you. And that that's it. That was it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, that was kind of weird. This area because they were like kind of scuffling. Oh, there's a boy! Oh All my right. god, there it is. Did you see that? That was entertainment right there. Yeah, <laughs> like finally, I was like, Sid, I, I saw Colonel Robert Parker, and I was never more happy to see him in my entire life so far. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, the show saved. <laughs> I, was, I realized what that meant. I was like, oh my god, Sid's here. <laughs> I see a star in the night sky, a single star. <laughs> and he came out to the ring and cut a promo. <laughs> I, I actually fucking loved it. Like, here's the deal. Two men enter. Two men One enter. Man One man leaves. The way, that's the way it is, and I will show why. I am the uncrowned king of the uncivilized world. <laughs> I was like, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> and he's walking, no less. Yeah, uh, and they decided to put him on the top rope and have him jump what? off and Dude, break that's... his fucking leg. I still can't. Uh, <laughs> damn it! He looks Every like time a... that's what I think about. He looks like a duck with this angle. Anyway, sorry. It is very duck-like. <laughs> Who is you it? saw how graceful he was when he came off the top rope. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> He's a big ass duck. What kind of ducks you see that look like that? A steroid duck. That's a big hot tea duck right there. <laughs> In the future, this man's like gets snapped. And I, was la- I was laughing. I was having fun. It just didn't uh, laugh long enough, though. I know. I wish. I wish I could have given this a rating because he, he. It was a good squash. It was fun. I actually was like, man, I actually like what I'm watching right now. I like the yellow gear. Yeah, he's got like this yeah. kind of gold orangish gear on. Looks, uh, looks... Fun fact: he so he's from Tennessee. That is volunteer orange. That is representative of the University of Tennessee. Oh, I always thought fact. Sid was from Arkansas. No, well they they announced they announced him from uh, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, or Robert Parker did or whatever in this in the beginning promo part. Okay, Wait, well, but, where... but yeah, that's Tennessee orange. So where's Vader? He's tired. Yeah, he's, he, gets, he, gets. <laughs> he needs to go recharge his power for now. He's probably <laughs> have, making a sandwich with the Kongs. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sid, 
he killed this Leroy. Leroy Johnson was the other guy's name who did a good job selling. Mm-hmm. He Sid just immediately hits like a great Cobra clutch, clutch slam. That's not really a move you see very often. Jinder Mahal does it now, but he doesn't do it with as much gusto. Nah. He said, "You're doing the CPR wrong, man." He's trying to be quiet. <laughs> Oh, that guy, he's like, oh shit! He just got down there and started trying to. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw the name, and I kept reading it, and I had to read it like four times before I realized it wasn't Leroy Jenkins. Because <laughs> <of> that, <laughs> you think about it that way, Sid Vicious is in there, and it's a big motherfucker, and he's like Leroy Jenkins, and he just rushes in and gets his ass beat. It's like very <laughs> fitting. My favorite part of this match was when Sid punched him in the stomach, and that guy leapt into the air to sell it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, there it is. See, nobody's willing to fucking sell like that anymore. Sell like death. <laughs> he hits the power bomb and he yells at him like he was mad that he caused him to take time to beat him. And he pinned him. <laughs> yeah, you know the guy entered. He definitely got his, his job repaid. Someone was like, how much do I get? I get $25 and five minutes of catering. Can we talk about out of everything we fucking watched so far? Like maybe because I know Chaz, you uh, rated the Cole Twins match, and me and Zach just said fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> but like the only match that we actually like <laughs> talked to debt and like gave an actual score, all three of us was the first fucking match. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before. There were a mm. ton of squash matches on this. Mm. They were counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, if you count that Ron Simmons bullshit fuckery, whatever it was, because it was technically a match, it just went to no contest. You knew it was going to be a squash, though. Nine, nine matches. I rated three matches out of nine. You guys only rated two out of nine. Yep. So I did rate this, and I didn't, I didn't fast forward this because it's the main event. It was like, well, it's the main event. I fucking watch this. Mm, yeah, let's talk about that. Talk about old uh, fucking Johnny B. Bad wearing a fucking diaper over his head. <laughs> Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad, no DQ, which I don't really remember them saying before the match started. Uh, and I wrote fuck. And then I started writing stuff for the rest of the match. <laughs> uh, it's very Johnny important to remember that, that no DQ stipulation. That's very important oh, when you're watching this to critique it. I got something to say about that, too. <laughs> oh, me too. I have a few things to say about it. Johnny jump starts it and he attacks Payne. He's doing his boxing shit and everything, but Payne ducks out of the way and Johnny punches the ring post. The old baby face hits the ring post and fucks himself up. Spot. I, I got a question. Like, sure. Johnny Bad got fucking shotgun in the face by his own thing, right? The bad blaster. Why yeah. don't he do that back to fucking Max Payne? Because he's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, but he's a madman with a fucking. Mask now, like he he looks like he's insane. Is he a yeah, I guess he kind of is. I remember he was in a, he was in a hold. Max Payne had him in a hold. He's like, I'm a bad man. I'm like, you're supposed to be selling, you dumbass. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> that was so fucking dumb. That's that's when his drugs kicked in. <laughs> Instead of fucking weed, it's fucking fucking coke. Coke just fucking... Yeah, fucking Max Payne rubbed the wrong part of his fucking cervical spine and the LSD fucking reactivated or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Max Payne spends the rest of the match working Johnny's arm and hand while Jesse is calling the referee an idiot because he's counting down holds and 
breaking, doing rope breaks and all this other shit. And he's right. It's a no DQ match. So you shouldn't do this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm getting at. This is the point. He basically has to bury the referee now or risk looking stupid. It's <laughs> take notes, everyone. <laughs> Remember the rules of the match. Don't let the referees be stupid or like inform them. Hey, brother, this is a, this is a match. This is a stipulation. You gotta just don't do this. Don't do this. Okay, fine. I don't yeah, know if that I, was communicated. I, I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, it was dumb. I at least like that uh, they they acknowledged it on commentary. And he's talking about the. He's like, why? Why is he break? Why did he break it? And and then they go, on, oh yeah, but it's no DQ. And he's like, well, and then it's actually funny. Tony gets caught in this thing, and he's like, well. Well, he has to let go, but he got to the rope. How else would you break the submission? And he's like, well, you don't need to break the submission, even even if you have it. Like he's like, we can't win that way. And he's like, yeah, but he doesn't have to break it. He can keep him in it as long as he wants. And Tony doesn't have really a, a response. And then he calls the ref an idiot. He's like, who is that ref? He's like, that's Nick Patrick. And he's like, that guy's a moron. And then I'm thinking in my head, I was like, man, if I could only foreshadow what happens in about four years at Starcade '97, I was like, yeah, you're right. He is a fucking moron. We'll get there. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, After a lot of heat, Johnny starts to come back and he throws pain in the corner and the ref happened to be standing there, I think. And he got sandwiched. And then Jesse had the best line of the night. Good. He got what he deserved. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I I didn't like that. That made me laugh pretty hard. (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Johnny hits a crossbody and there's no count because the ref's down. So then Paul Orndorff comes out for some reason. I, I, I don't fucking know why. Because reasons. <laughs> and he attacks Johnny with a fucking international object. And then Max Payne hits an elbow drop while Paul revives the ref and he gets three. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of a shitty ending. <laughs> oh, don't forget, uh, fucking Ben Stiller comes back out with a chair. And he's like, I'm going to get you. Richard Steam, Dick Steamboat comes out with a chair and he clears the ring. <laughs> Dick and, Steamboat. Uh, Dickard Steamboat. And uh, I did, I did want to say though, if this took place today, nobody would come out to save him because that's just what happens in like 90% of the angles today. Mm-hmm. So Babyface will get their fucking ass kicked by like everybody. And there's like no security. There's no, no, no friends. Cause nobody has fucking friends, I guess, in wrestling anymore. And they just let him get their ass kicked. <laughs> well, to be fair, actually, that that's that's more WWE line. AEW does a fair number of these. Like, actually, it's like the, it's probably too much where they do these post match brawls, and they'll have people come and save them and do different things. And, and sometimes they try to tie it together. Sometimes it's, it's a little too much. But this didn't even like this kind of came out of nowhere. It didn't I, yeah. make any sense. Yeah, I don't know why Paul Orndorff came out and interfered. That's my exactly. Big yeah, oh, me in a no DQ match, no less. Why did you need a ref bump and have him come out and do that in a no DQ match? It makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. You did, he literally could have just walked out and walked in the ring, threw his dick out, and smacked him in the face with his dick. He wouldn't have got DQ'd. It's a no DQ match. He didn't have to wait for the ref bump. I almost, the ref bump was unnecessary. I almost played that Law & Order clip. Sorry. <laughs> I almost did yeah, it. Do it. I, I'm fine with it. It, it fits. All right. I am not gay. I have relationships with women. Sex with men. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. 
Hey, that doesn't work for me, brother. Music, that doesn't work for me, brother. Only love Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Uh, Would you guys guys give this match? 4.4 out of 10. I gave it a 4.7 out of 10. Oh, man, you guys were way higher than I was. I gave this three and a half chances. I was so pissed watching this. And I think it's because I still remember the match from Beach Blast, which was also pretty bad. But, ah, this was terrible. I I, I think again I, I'm I'm just over watching crazy diaper madman fight uh, the, the the fat middle school bully that wears the misfit t shirt. That's what he is. Yeah, it's, it doesn't I'm, make any sense. Yeah, I'm changing my score. I'm just, yeah, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the and and then the. Honestly, it's it, the match itself was bad, but what really got me was like I got caught in like a logic gap, and I had to sit there for a solid ten minutes and regather myself because I almost had a stroke thinking through like why the fuck was there not why did they have to have a ref bump during the DQ that killed it for me. I was like, now if I had to think this much about this stuff, like you piss me off. I gotta take a shit now. I'm gonna give us three point nine. You saying the whole show? No, the the, the match. Oh. I'm I don't still... know what I was thinking there. I think I was too busy thinking about everything else because I was running behind. I was thinking <gasps> about this Batman the whole time. This weird looking Batman. Yeah. yeah Connor Reeves pet adoption Batman. <laughs> That's what, what he is. Exactly. What do you match, Dubs? I, I rated it a 4.7 out of 10. 4.7. Yeah. I feel like it was really merciful of you. Yeah, I say you, your animals must have been working. Uh, I was. Most of the time, I was cracking up at fucking uh, Madman uh, be bad, um, just fucking like screaming the whole time, and like Jesse like calling the referee a fucking idiot was funny to me, which I, I agree with you, Zach. I think uh, wink, wink, AEW like when the referees do something stupid, like Jr. should actually like it, he should go full heel at this point because after he that cr- guy's idiot. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they actually should do that. I agree. It'd be much better to go ahead and just commit to it because the refs miss stuff all the time. It was a really bad one a few weeks ago on their show where someone turned around as it happened and actively made eye contact on camera with the guy that was interfering, and he just turned back around. Bullshit. Oh I was like, God. you can't do that. You need to. You have to go ahead and, and sell that. The worst part is the the interference that the guy caused didn't even end the match in their favor. He actually interfered like in a way where he harmed the person, but then that person then recovered and then did their finisher on someone that was legal and and pinned them and won anyway. It was fucking pointless. <laughs> it was fucking pointless. That was you know, awful. You know what I would do? I'd be like Jr. Be like that referee's stupid, but you know what? Natty's fucking sister tits are fucking huge. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he get all kinds of trouble, he's like, "Oh yeah, I wish she were a little older." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "If she were older, I wouldn't sound so weird." I would do a she, motorboat she, with my half paralyzed face. Like not a fucking corpse. I mean, goddamn, is he not allowed? To- <laughs> oh, I know, right? Yeah. That's- all right. I'm gonna give you the whole show. Um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. 
Jesse Ventura was entertaining throughout this whole fucking show. Like, that's the saving grace uh, for me in this. Uh, too Cold Scorpio uh, is very too cold, but he was good. Um, still, even though this was like his weakest match, I think, in my opinion. And I'm not saying that's his fault. Uh, he did that to protect himself. That's my theory. He's like, no, dog, I don't want to get any shit on me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, know, I agree. He, he's not with the stink on him. Too many squashes. I would have cut down at least maybe three of the squash matches. I would have kept the uh, Lord Regal in there. Um, I, I would. I mean, Harley Race is cool, but the the Diabetes Kongs, I I don't um, care for them. Uh, and the whole Cactus storyline, I get it that they're trying to set up for eventually when he comes back and feuds with Vader. So I get that. Uh, the whole Paula thing needs to stop. The whole Cole twins need to stop. Um, this gets a 3 out of 10 for me for the whole show. The mystery partner thing needs to stop, too. Yes. And <laughs> and the assassin needs to stop with Dusty Rhodes as well. Hey, Even, he, they, they weren't on here this week. I know. It's like the one thing they didn't bring up. But I think that's my big, my big problem with this is that top to bottom... They did not advance a storyline on on this show through the matches they had in in an actual meaningful way that hadn't already been done. Like if it's anything they were already trying to push, it was a narrative that was already there and it just repeated itself instead of actually advancing it anywhere. And it was horrible top to bottom. It was a shit part. Like I this, this show was bad. So yeah, I, I gave it. I also gave it uh, just. Three, I think I put three and a quarter and marked it out. So I, I got three chances. It's bad. And, and I'll, I don't know if we're throwing it out there or not, but I gave it a strike. Yeah, I, I'm done with it. My opinion. Yeah, you struck out already. You already gave yours. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I wrote Regal stood out among all this refuse, as did Sid. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Why did Coles and Shanghai and Tex get 11 minutes? We've seen this match several times. I, I drove that point in the ground. Mm-hmm. Ice Train was fucking ridiculous cringe. I was just <laughs> like, it was pretty great, but it was also terrible. <laughs> it's like one of those things. Why did Max Payne and Johnny Be Bad go on after Sid? What the fuck is that? Like, seriously, even though Sid killed some guy, fuck it. Sid's a main eventer. Why? Why? Because Max Max Payne, brother. Nobody cares about that goddamn feud. Exactly. Even in 1993, when people are still kind of like halfway markish, people don't fucking care about that shit. Yeah, somebody out there was like, tuck your fucking shirt in, fat ass, go home. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they were just mad. Like, oh, it's so bad. I'm done with this show for a while. Strike three for me. More sloppy, weird booking, and lots of interviews. Yeah, so that that means we're gonna get straight raw. We're just raw dogging it now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of raw dogging, uh, let's get to the awards because there's I, I I have a feeling there's gonna be more raw dogging than uh, uh, some of the WCW uh, stuff that we're gonna be talking oh, about. Well, aren't you gonna be surprised? <laughs> <laughs> so, um. At the end of every month, guys, we do a little reward system. Um, 
where we do like the best overall performer, best promo, yada yada. And then we do our stables where we pick four superstars to be in our stables. Then we do the top 12 and then the best show and then who won the month. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know where that's going uh, for for that. Uh, ECW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even watch it we already know it's better <laughs> alright so let's start off with best overall performer I'll go first Bam Bam Bigelow yeah. oh. I he he showed a lot of heart in this uh, and he looks really good and he had a good match with Bret Hart even though it was like polluted with all the Jerry Lawler stuff, but it was good while it happened. And also in uh, King of the Ring, he was fucking amazing, even though it's probably not part of this month anyway. But he stepped up from King of the Ring to this. So I liked it. You got an honorable mention there? Bret Hart. Okay. Uh, yeah. awesome. Okay, that's actually great. Yeah. So I picked, I'll just tie to that, I picked Bret Hart as best <laughs> overall performer because Bret Hart's a fucking man and standalone that one match even with the shitty finish that it had it's still the best single bit of wrestling that happened all month of all the stuff we watched um and my and my runner-up for honorable mention was was baby bigelow <laughs> so that's funny we're, we're on the same page there hey don't forget that that match sean had with marty for the ic title that was good too i didn't that's that's it's good but like minute to minute even with the ending the way it was, because they still try to do something kind of unique. It was kind of a swing and a miss because Stu Hart can't sell for shit. Sweet. <laughs> but uh, but that being said, um, that that match itself was 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 phenomenal compared to especially compared to anything this month. This month overall, there there wasn't a whole lot of stellar stuff, which kind of a bummer. But that's okay. There were still some good beats though. Uh, mine was same as Chaz's best overall Brett honorable mention Bam Bam. I was the odd one with the Bam Bam, so cool. I, I, I can see you going either way. Beast from the East, nothing to sleep on, and he had that good squash match where he he showed off some moves too. I think that was I don't I can't remember if that was actually in this month or if that was right at the end of June though. That was um, he, had, he had a squash in this month. I think it was it was that. It was just before, yeah. It was just before the Bret Hart match. That's what I thought. Yeah, so. Uh, Zach, what do you have for best promo? Thunderbolt Patterson introduces Ice Train. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, (laughs) do do you have uh, an honorable mention for that one? Because I have a tie. I I couldn't decide. I've got an honorable mention because I'm just going to be real. Uh, Not a lot of promos really stuck out to me for this month. Same. but Luna hyping Bam Bam, I think it was before the, the squash match that he had that set up him uh, facing Brett. I, I still say it. Like, I love her fucking promos because they're just so fucking out there. Mm-hmm. It's just her voice, her delivery and everything. I'm just like, I just want I just want a Luna Vashon promo compilation. That's what I want. The rain of the acid going on around my skin. Red Hart, your father is a decrepit old beast. Who lived through depression and famine, and it didn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Dark 
fucking shit. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah. that's my honorable mention, by the way. Um, with the uh, with her, uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, Doink the clown calling out Macho Man is my Ooh, favorite. Macho Boy. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that one. You know, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah, that that's actually my honorable mention. Uh, although, man, the loot and the Sean's a good shout. Uh, so I put a tie. Although, to be fair, this isn't really a promo, but I didn't know how else to count it because it wasn't long enough to be a segment either. But I have a tie between Ice, the Ice Train Thunderbolt Patterson promo and Men on a Mission. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about them. Holy shit. Yeah, they they did the whole, like, they had, like, that long extended, like, rap type of thing where they did their promo, and they, they did it right before they went out. And then they had that with one match. And that's all we've had so far. I think they had, mission. they had two raps. Yeah, they had two raps, but I think the first one was actually, uh, I can't remember if it was at the beginning of the month or if it was at the, uh, the end of June. But I knew for sure they had the second, like, more extended rap plus the one where uh, they, they were live and they came out and he rapped. And the rap was like, oh boy. That's it was sick. good in all the, all the right ways in terms of just something. It was something. Okay, so we so I lied. There was there was more there was more gems in there than what I remember. There was just it was very spread out. It was diamonds in the rough? Well, again, we stretched this out over a long period of time. So it's scheduling conflicts, yeah. Yeah, it happens though. It's okay. Best segment. I almost skipped. Holy shit! Best segment. Uh, I'll go. Um, they're both going to be Jerry Lawler uh, segments. One is the the <laughs> Bret Hart parents one because just the fucking Stu Hart just looking like he doesn't know where he's at and like angry at the same time, uh, <laughs> and, and Jerry Lawler with Tiny Tim where he fucking crushes his ukulele. I just in the window, <laughs> like God, I can't. <laughs> those are my those two. Were, those were those were good. I feel like Jerry Lawler was just that was more like uh, taking chicken shit, making chicken salad out of whatever it was. Because mm-hmm. it's like, who fucks Ty Tim? He made that song, whatever. Nobody gives a shit. But man, he he made goddamn. He cut him down to nothing. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was something. <laughs> and yeah, the thing with with Brett's parents. Yeah, we've been over that. Mm-hmm. My best angle slash segment is Thunderbolt Patterson introduces Ice Train. <laughs> well, so uh, so here's the thing is, I guess in the confines of promo versus segment, that's what made it so hard for me. Like, segments are promos, too. I was trying to keep it separate, though, as like a separate, like, thing that happened or event or entity. So I had something different. But, uh, but yeah, before I get to mine, did you have a, an honorable mention? Uh, I didn't. Uh because like while Jerry Lawler fucking with Brett's parents was pretty funny, mostly just because it was Lawler, it, it could have been better. They just didn't hold up their end, which mm-hmm. is like whatever. So I yeah. guess I'll just kind of give them a little aside there. But uh, my logic behind that, like what's the difference between a promo and an angle or a segment is, I mean, usually a promo is just somebody talking about what they're going to do. Like directly versus the segment just being a thing that's happening and you just happen to catch it. It's, it's setting yeah. something up, which that's what's weird. Thunderbolt Patterson did a goddamn promo to introduce this guy, but it led into a whole segment of the show where mm-hmm. it was like really two promos in like a match. It was, it was weird. So, yeah. So I, 
I, I I separated them a bit more, and I didn't want to like just have like the same thing, so I kept that in mind. It eliminated a lot for me because otherwise, I totally would, would have just put men on a mission and ice train again. But I wanted to pick something a little different, so I actually have the body slam challenge on July fourth oh, as yeah. the segment, which Fuck. was super cool. I uh, just like because it hit a lot of good beats, and I, I was super nostalgic for that. I forgot the I Lex the Lex uh, Luger shit too. Yeah, the Lex Express, all yeah. that stuff, the, the campaigning. So I put the July 4th Body Slam Challenge as my favorite segment. And then uh, my honorable mention was actually the um, this, the segment build up with Yokozuna after he just demolishes Crush, where it's like, oh, God, he's going to destroy him, where he like keeps bonsai dropping him over and over. Because mm-hmm. um, to me, I thought that was partially, like, it's already a match, it's over, but it's kind of building to like, this is what I'm going to do to anyone else that challenges me. This is what I'm going to do to Lex Luger, Death to America. I'm going to eat noodles. But, <laughs> yes. but yeah, but yeah that, that was my whole thing. I, I really liked that. So I'm going to change my best angle to the July 4th Body Slam Challenge with Yokozuna. I, I fucking forgot about it. Yeah. Thunderbolt Patterson introducing Ice Train still the honorable mention because I was going to say there were <laughs> a lot of angles that really caught my attention. Yeah, when Yokozuna fucking killed Crush, that was pretty cool. But like, this was so goddamn bizarre and like hilarious <laughs> and cringe that it, it, it beat it. It's so <laughs> weird. It is. It is so out there. I think there is some recency bias to it too because like it just happened and we're like, whoa, like. But it's it was something. All right. Best teams. Um, I chose Masters of the Power Bomb, um, and honorable mention Men on a Mission because I just remembered. We're on a mission. <laughs> yeah. Did Masters of the Power Bomb do anything this month? Mm-hmm. Beach Blast. They lost. Oh yeah. 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 I, I did some weird like autistic booking logic with this and I kind of did the same thing with how it picked people like best for whatever because it was kind of like if you only had one match all month and you lost that match it's like it's harder for me to pick you as best but because I think they're so cool I did I I put them as honorable mention but I I chose the Hollywood Blondes I think at this current time frame they are the best tag team true Zach what about you okay so I actually put the smoking guns is the best tag team. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Right, let's, let's hear it. Well, it's because like they're, they're not having like any lengthy matches yet, but God damn, every time they have a match, you can tell they're trying their damnedest to get over. Like they're doing crazy shit for like 1993. You see guys that size doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't look, bad either is the thing like they're not doing billy i mean billy's always been a fucking good wrestler apparently mm-hmm. like like goddamn like even really young billy gun with the weird mustache is like is, is awesome <laughs> <laughs> and uh i don't they just left a really good impression on me uh the honorable mention has been on a mission yeah because we're on a mission yeah we're on a mission <laughs> All right, best match. Uh, I'm going to go with Beach Blast with the Masters of the Power Bomb and Davey Boy Smith and Sting. My honorable mention is HBK versus Marty Jannetty. And I just liked it because I was like, I, I'm i not a fan of Marty Jannetty, but he like grew on me this month. So it was good to see that. But what about you guys? 
Who's next? Chaz, go next. Oh, yeah. Um, I Best match, I had Bret Hart versus Bay Bam. Ran two. I talked about that already. I, I felt like even with the, the finish the way it was, it was still the best overall match. That um, My honorable mention was uh, Masters of the Powerbomb versus Sting and um, Davey Boy. Uh, now, again, I, I, I like the, the call or the, the shout-out to uh, the HBK um Janetti match because it was also really good, um, mm. especially with like that the false finish in between where they they called the finish but they had to go back and do it and then it gets overturned and Sean pulls the shit tactic to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good finish uh, or a, a good match. The fi- the finish was a little weird because remember he wasn't a count out. No no no, it was a uh, he, he brought him back in maybe. Yeah, because uh, when he was being a chicken shit and all that stuff, you're like, oh, you need to come back because. Well, yeah, he uh, did a weird like thing where he got tossed out of the ring. Like, he actually like, went overboard and went out of the ring and like landed on the mat, and he just got counted out. Yeah, it was a weird finish. So it was it was, it was a little odd for that, but it's just because it's just you don't see it that often. Um, but but yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a little out there. But what what you got? Uh, I have for best match, uh, Masters of the Powerbomb versus the Superpowers at Beach Blast. And uh, the honorable mention is Shawn Michaels and Mario Giannetti for the IC title on Raw for July 19th. Mm-hmm. I, I like that match a little better than the Brett and Bam Bam one, which is really good. It's just the finish is so flat for me. It kind of like spoils it a little. Whereas Shawn and Marty's match, even though they've had a few matches, that was like their best one so far, probably. Mm-hmm. With the, the, the weird false finish and shit and all that stuff. Uh, it just flowed better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I can see that. All right, best commentary. Uh, I'm actually going with Vince Macho Man and Bobby Heenan. They had me rolling uh, throughout the month of July, um, and I don't know. I just was entertained because sometimes Tony and Jesse, like Jesse, has some good one-liners, but at the same time, like I. I guess I'm being spoiled and biased because, like, now I have, you know, Tony from AEW who is more vocal there. And in this one, he's kind of, like, acting the two, like, I just joined WCW, so I need to be good before I say anything. He still is Tony, but he's not what Tony is today. And I just, I, it's not clicking with me. Not like how Tony and Larry Zabisco are, because Larry Zabisco knows how to color commentate. And that's what I like about him. No honorable mentions, by the way, for me. Yeah, I I chose the Raw team as well. Yeah, Bobby Heenan had me laughing so hard throughout some of the stuff he'd say. Vince is sometimes like, just like, cut the shit and just like, calls people out, which is great. Macho obviously adds uh, an extra element there of intensity. Um, And and yeah, the, the one qualm I have, as much as I like, some of the commentary between Jesse and Tony on the WCW programs, because it really does help save some of those stinkers of the match uh, mm-hmm. they've had. But uh, sometimes Tony, or not Tony, uh, Jesse takes stuff too far. Like, again, like that whole, who's the secret partner? Like, just pushing stuff throughout. And it's like, ah, like you get to the point of, okay, I'm no longer, like, enjoying what you're talking about anymore. Now I'm just rolling my eyes when you bring it back up. And mm-hmm. it's like, that that deflects away from me wanting to watch the product. So... It's, yeah, that, that to me is not good. That's what the Raw team was doing back in the day where they would get like a good match like Mr. Hughes 
uh, and then it'd be like doing some wacky shit with the TV or like a phone call from another wrestler and stuff. But like, mm -hmm. I, I want to watch the match. What are you? What are you doing? I remember you guys talking about that, which I think there was one one time that did happen. There was some weird thing that Bobby got a phone call during something, but it's it's only happened one time since I've been uh, reviewing things with you guys. Yeah. I don't think it was this month. So. Yeah, and the, they're starting to like hit a stride. In the beginning, they were kind of like fucking up matches because they were doing all that silliness. Because it's raw, it's uncut, and it's uncensored, and all that stuff. And that's what they were going. And, and sometimes they would say uncooked. Because huh, it's raw. Anyway, um, Zach, what do you have for best commentary? Uh, it's going to be Vince, uh, Heenan, and Macho Man for me. Pretty much. I'm still entertained by them. And they mostly stay on, on target anymore now that Rob Bartlett's gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, may he, may, may he rest in peace. Is he dead? No. Oh. He said to me, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also... He said to me, though. I hated his ass, for real. Like, he was killing the show for me sometimes. That's that's fair. I've, I've heard the stories. Uh, I also want to make a quick amendment, because I forgot uh, another match. In my, my best match category, I'm actually going to drop Sean and Marty on Raw. I'm going to put Rick Rude and Dusty Rose 30-minute Iron Man match for the U.S. title from, from Beach Oh, Black. yeah. I forgot about that. Fuck. Look at that. Both your your calls are from the Beach Blast matches. Beast Blash. Beach Blash. Beach Bash. Beach Bash. Bing Bong. When I wrote that review, that was in May. So <laughs> we, we've stretched this, this month out quite quite a bit so i'm forgetting things mm -hmm. yeah, that's okay yeah it's, it, it's happened over a long period of time all okay. right yeah we're getting to a worst overall performer right yeah you want to you want to mine oh i hear it max Payne. oh boy i don't like yeah, his yeah. i he listen like when he he was actually getting good like they were his gear was actually decent at some point and he was doing this like gimmick where he would put people in arm bars and like uh he was like building up this match and then he had this weird match with Dustin Rhodes and then it fucking it, everything toppled down. It was done. Uh and then this angle with Johnny B Bad and his stupid little fucking uh, toy blaster thing. Um and I just it, now, now he's wearing weird t-shirts that look like dresses and stuff and I just don't care. And my honorable mention is Yoshi Kwan. Um, yeah. What? Blasphemy. Oh. He's got the Asiatic nerve hold. <laughs> He's got the Oriental nerve hold. He's got the fucking... <laughs> usually, usually I'm the type of guy who's like, ah, look at this. This is kind of racy, but it's funny. But I was like, whoa, this is way too racy and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's my honorable mention. What about you? What about you guys? What about you, Chaz? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have I have Max Payne as my worst overall performer, and uh, he he managed to get a squeaker in there with one squash match. But my so my honorable mention goes to Bastion Booger, that smelly fuck. <laughs> I totally forgot about him too. God, can't can't even deal with it. What, okay. What about you, Zach? 
So my worst overall performer is Stu Hart. <laughs> and listen, it's like, oh, you know, really, you're tired. No, he was a fucking wrestler, and he wrestled for a long time, and he's a promoter and a booker. He should have better. He should have done way better than what he's. He's just so old and CTE, I guess, or whatever. Caught up with him, he can just barely string a sentence together anymore. I guess at that point. <laughs> and like, yeah, maybe I would put Max Payne in there. Also, why is Johnny B. Bad not considered? Why did you pick Max Payne over Johnny B. Bad? Both of you for for worst performer. To to be fair. Johnny B. Bad's not far behind in regards to what he did, but the thing is, Max Payne got the bulk of the the minutes on television with regards to the feud. The bulk. And it was a, the bulk, yeah, and it was it was pretty miserable. Like he's the one well, that's cutting the promos that weren't that good, and he's the one that's getting like a lot of the FaceTime. And then and then Johnny B. Bad's he's the victim of having to wear this stupid fucking diaper on his face. Uh, it just, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Johnny B. Bad's not far behind him. I'm not giving him any praise, but it's just I was just curious. Looking, yeah, that's my, that's my defense for it anyway. Is it the same for you, Dubs? Yeah, like the only thing that's like making me a little upset about Johnny B. Bad is his fucking uh, his mask. Like that's the only thing that's like being like why, uh, but like his wrestling. Because we've seen his wrestling before when he was, like, with jobbers and shit that weren't, like, going along. He was being a little stiff. Uh, and that, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but, like, he's striving to have a good match. Um, I think the 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 reason why he's having bad matches is because it's Max Payne. Because he's a pain in the dubs. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So that's why... that That's why... That's why I choose Max Payne... Um, also, his fashion sense. Yes. Which, by the way, did you notice on the back of his shirt it said a victim of fashion? Yes. It's fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually great. My, uh, my honorable man, well, the reason why I put Stu Hart there is, yeah, he promoted all that bullshit, but he also, he was like in a key part of a key angle and kind of killed that part of it. And so, this is for the build for like a SummerSlam match, probably one of the biggest matches on the card. Mm. It's like, fuck. <laughs> uh, the honorable mention was Bastion Booger. Yeah. Because he's just so fucking immobile and useless and it's, gross. And smelly. Exactly. <laughs> I, smell, I smell him all the way from 1993. You have smell of it from the past. Yes. <laughs> Time traveling smell. smell. Analog analog smell of vision. Smells like he smells like mothballs and diarrhea. You know um, they say analog sounds warmer and looks warmer. It also smells warmer. Smells like Swiss cheese when you uh leave it out in the Arizona desert for hundred and ten degrees. And then you for put it up cheese in a septic tank on a hot day. In the ass. <laughs> in the ass. In the ass. <laughs> With your ass needle right there. Ass needle with Paul Roma touching kids. Uh, <laughs> there it is. We did it. He, he smells like the fathers of strippers feel. Whoa. <laughs> What's the worst promo? Uh, worst promo? Oh, I, I've got, I got some hot takes on this, actually. 
You can, you can wait to shoot first. Actually, I, I want to hear what you guys have to say first. I, I would go last on this one. Uh, mine are going to be out there. Dusty Rhodes and the Assassin about calling the mother. Uh, <laughs> I called my mother. <laughs> yeah. Honorable mentions. I have two honorable mentions I want to bring up. The Ice Train. Um, and, oh. and Paula with Ricky Steamboat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. What are you guys at? I'm going to, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make some slight alterations to mine. Uh, the worst promo is everybody talking about the mystery partner. <laughs> yeah. It's like a blanket promo. <laughs> and everybody that gets wrapped in that fucking shitty blanket gets dragged down by it. Uh, Rick Rude is usually a great promo, and he's whining about a mystery fucking opponent. And, that, and I get it, he's a heel and shit, but it just it seems beneath him. Uh, and instead, Rick Rude should be pissed off instead of whining. He's like, "Who's I don't give a damn who this mystery opponent is." Well, he, I'll, I'll still break his neck, well, and he, I have a crazy man. <laughs> yeah, he did that. Remember, he did that before a match. Like he's like, "I don't care what it is. I got this guy," and he's like. He's twitching out like a meth head. And, yeah. then, and then after the match, like he gets out of the ring and he wants to know who the partner is. And he's suddenly very anxious and scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he got in there and whipped some dude's ass and then like had a bipolar fucking episode or something. <laughs> like affected him. <laughs> the, uh, the honorable mention for the worst promo is... Ricky Steamboat being funny with Paula shit. And that's just like, it, like we said before, that's just like beneath him and it's fucking not funny. And, mm-hmm. okay. I guess my, my takes aren't as hot as I thought they were. So my, I'll start with my honorable mention. It, it was Ricky Steamboat stuff with Paula. Cause again, it's exactly what you said beneath his pedigree of wrestling. that make any fucking sense. It's stupid. Worst promo. Was the promo that Crush cut before he faced Yokozuna? That that weird like fucking bra Hawaiian bullshit he cut before he got fucking dismantled by Yokozuna. I went through this for Hawaii, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cringe, man. Like he killed his career by talking. <laughs> like he just opened his mouth, and Vince said, "Nope, it's not him." <laughs> hey, rocket strap, take it off. We're going somewhere else. Man, go to demolition, and- buddy. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's where I stood. Yeah, he just was bad, but yeah, um, so I had, yeah, if I if I had any other Oh, that's so unfair that they haven't wrestled yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wrestled yet. He doesn't even want to fucking see him. Yeah. He's and, like, I don't even care. An honorable mention, Cole Twins. Just because. I don't really care who the per- who is who in the ring. They, they could suck it. They get a fucking shaver and t- shave off their fucking flat top uh, skunk tail, whatever thing, rat tail. <laughs> Fucking trailer park guy cosplay is what that is, shit is. Yeah. <laughs> Hot cosplay. I'll show shit. you what a flash kick is. Yeah. 
<laughs> Dad, come back here and watch me practice my sanic boom. Branch kick. Deep chop. Suplex. Arm drag, hip toss, take down, up and over. So uh, I, I also have the Colt twins. I, I put the tie. I don't. I don't have a. <laughs> I don't have a uh, an honorable mention to put tie. I have the Colt twins, and I have the colossal tongs. Oh, I can't, dude. I cannot fucking deal with those facial expressions. <laughs> uh, oh man, fucking whatever you call them. I, I like the what you went with the fucking sugar bears and the fucking glucose triglycerides oh, yeah. or whatever it was. Glucose cholesterol. cholesterol. That's yeah. what it was. Glucose cholesterol. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, my worst team is the Colossal Kongs or the Colossal Coronaries. Uh, fuck. <laughs> we call it... <laughs> Colossal Coronaries. That's good. And the, the honorable mention is the Cole Twins. I liked your hot take of, of Dustin and his mystery partner, though. Yeah, yeah that's, that's spicy. Yeah, had they had it actually happened and we watched them wrestle, yeah, I, I, maybe I would have been there, but we're not going to see that I don't now. I don't blame you. Because <laughs> August 18th is no longer existing. Yeah, we're just not the, way, the, the way the, the show is going, I the only thing I can think of is, like, I don't know, um, who would Dustin, like, team up with? During that time, I'm about, to, I'm about to ruin it for all of us. I'm gonna spoil the fuck out of it. No, wait, because uh, I was gonna say, let me see, is Clash in August? August 18th, 93. I'm pulling it up now. I'm, I'm just gonna ruin it for, for I was myself. gonna say, we are gonna quit watching Saturday night, but we will still watch the Clash of the Champions. Oh, we'll still watch it. Okay, well, then I'll, I'll leave it then. Yeah, because we're, we're gonna stop watching the routine shows, but still watch the uh, like pay per view stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna give it the WWE treatment. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it's okay. Sometimes you got to do that. All right. Let's yeah. let, let's let's start. Everybody did their team, right? Yeah. Now we're yeah. at worst angle. Oh, yeah, worst segment or angle. I'm so ready to, to say this one. I, I can jump to mine first. Uh, uh you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can go. Uh, Harley Race attempting to talk seriously while the Colossal Kongs have a stroke behind him. That's not his fault. He's trying. I know, but it's 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 so bad. <laughs> they fuck it up, though. They do. They fuck it up. He's over here trying to get serious and dark, and like pull the camera into him, and, and the ones having an emotional fucking breakdown behind him. He's like, he, he made my Twinkie here. <laughs> terrible. Alright, alright, everybody, we got cactus. I watched up like cactus. I'm hungry. Anyway, <laughs> that's. Oh. <laughs> you, you ready for mine? Yeah, let's hear it. Worst segment was when Rude said, "I don't care who the team is." Then goes for a match, and after the match, and says, <laughs> "Who's the team?" <laughs> God damn it! Tell me. <laughs> you talk about top tier storytelling right there. <laughs> I don't even care. Has the match comes back sweaty and all jacked up. Who is it? It's killing me inside. <laughs> And then honorable mention, Paula crap. It, everything bad is WCW right now. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. All, all WCW. It's like Crush. Crush is pretty bad, too. Yeah. Bruh. Don't even get started. Crush. Bruh. Bruh. Okay. The worst angle is Thunderbolt Patterson introduces Ice Train. What? 
<laughs> Did you have it as your best? It's simultaneously the best and the worst. That's what I'm talking about. That's when something's cringe. <laughs> it enters the cringe singularity where something like the, the laws of physics of what is good and bad don't apply. It, it breaks all those laws. It breaks the rules. Disrupts the space-time continuum. Yes, exactly. It disrupts the space-time continuum of quality. <laughs> You can you can be everything and nothing. You can be good and bad at the same time. It's like kind of how if you if you were to spray a turd gold, it's it's both shit and gold at the same time. It is golden shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. You got me there. That's my that's my argument. I mean, this this I don't know this this whole Thunderbolt Patterson ice train thing is just like in my it's in my subconscious now. It's just it's dominating it. <laughs> just go to sleep. Close your eyes. You can just see him going down the hallway. Chugga, 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 chugga. chugga. I'm gonna. Train's coming. I'm gonna get like ice cream and shit, and like I'm gonna have like Rocky Road uh, with some chocolate syrup and probably some sprinkles. And then when I eat it, I'm gonna be like chugga, 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 choo, choo. <laughs> I'm the ice cream baby. <laughs> you know, funny. Well, okay, so we. Since we're talking about it, because it is what it is. You know what I thought about? You guys clearly watched like the movie The Water Boy, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like whenever uh, the one guy, <laughs> the guys, I mean, all the the team they play at the end of the movie, it's the asshole that was bald that was always picking on him when he was the water boy for their team, and he's like, "I'm run train all over you, woo, woo." And he's like, he went in actually. He's very passionate about his choo-choo trains. That's <laughs> what <laughs> I'm thinking about when I was watching it. <laughs> Immediately thought, like, oh, he's going to get powerbombed in his first match. The person's going to look down at him and say, Captain Insano shows no mercy. <laughs> Sid, Sid could be the one that powerbombs and that would make it. <laughs> I, I always used to, when I used to work at customer service and, like, the, sorry for a side story, but we're talking about Billy Madison, not Billy Madison, but uh, Waterboy. Um, every time like the mom would come in to trade something at GameStop and the mom would like interact, uh, say something stupid or wrong. I'd be, and I would always do what Colonel Sanders does. And I go, guess what? Mama wrong again. Mama said alligator got all them teeth, but no toothbrush. toothbrush. Well, guess what? Mama wrong again. Um, <laughs> My horrible mention for the worst angle was Ron Simmons versus Jobber with Paula and Ricky. Because it wasn't a match. It turned into a weird segment angle thing. And it was fucking stupid. It was an orgy. It was an orgy of stupidity. Yeah. Oh, did yeah, have a uh, an honorable mention. Okay. So we're down to the worst match, which I think I think we're all going to agree on this. Oh, sorry, I thought you said that was your. I see what you're saying. You said segment match. My bad. I thought you moved on to your your worst match. No, yeah. Now we are. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Johnny B. Bad versus Max Payne on this episode of Saturday night we just watched. Yeah, honorable mention that Ron Simmons thing. Yeah, I put <laughs> worst. Yeah. I put worst match. I put a tie. And I said Johnny B. Bad versus Max Payne. And then it broke this and said, you can pick either one. I don't fucking care. They were both terrible. <laughs> the one on Beach Blast was slightly better than this. But not much. Not by much. But 
I'd rather watch three fucking Paul Roma matches than fucking Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad. Wow. The, yeah. the fucking Hoover of wrestling? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's got those Dyson packs. All right. It's time for the stable. Chaz, what is your stable again? What's the name uh, of it? I'm the Chaz Nation of Domination. So who's your four? All right. My four for this month... Uh, uh, so I decided to go a different route. So I'm not going for quality or favorites. I would. I decided to make a meme team called Smells Nuclear. We got Lord Steven Regal because he's got that that face where he smells something that smells like shit. The Colossal Kongs because anything they touch smells like shit. You know it. Adam Bomb, hence my my nuclear uh, part, and Bastion Booger because he smells like shit. I was going to put Max Payne in there for the joke, but then I was like, I don't even want to include him. It's, just, it's not the type of shit you want around. So, All right. Um, Zach, what is uh, your ZX? Okay, so uh, it's it's shorter because... No, hang on. Uh, Madden, one more guy. Because... Sid's Sid's awesome and he's fun. Mm-hmm. He murders people, so he can he can murder people for me. Uh, and then it's men on a mission because why wouldn't you want to hang out with those guys? <laughs> They're on a mission. They're on. A, we're on a mission. Yes. And then Scott Stud. You're fucking stable. And I'm gonna get him over. I'm gonna get Scott Stud over. Shit. You know what? I gotta change this. Hold on. Uh, that's great by the way i didn't i guess i included five i i picked a team but i wasn't sure how we split up teams you can if it's a tag team they can go they can count for one slot yeah okay that's kind of what i did i was like i don't even know the colossal conks like apart from each other just too fat they're like the the fat fucks that rode the motorcycles that were like the guinness world record fattest twins it's like they're like one entity. It's fine. Because men on a mission is three people, even though Oscar or, uh, doesn't wrestle. Mm, uh, I still counted. I counted them as two slots. So gotcha. Yeah. All right, Dubs World Order. Um, we're gonna do the Beast from Flavor Town, Bam Bam Bigelow. Flavor Town. <laughs> because that's what Guy Fury has flames on his little shirts that he wears. Um. Then we had the early two thousands. Yeah. Then we got the honorable student and the best son in the world, Bret Hart, um, as number two of my stable. Um, and then I have the clown Doink, because I like Doink. Um, I didn't appreciate him when I was little because I was scared of him, but I appreciate him now because he's fucking funny and and he he could wrestle a match. Uh, and I had to change. I had too cold. Because I was like, ah, you know, two colds have earned my spot. But then I remember, you know, there's a need for speed of fucking Cuban Top Gun. And he needs to be... <laughs> he needs to, top Gun. Yeah, yeah. I forgot him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I just want to make just the guns. I, I actually want the OG Gun Club. We'll do, we'll do Johnny Gun. Cuban Top Gun and the Smoking Guns with Scott I mean, Stud. I, I mean, with Scott Stud, yeah. <laughs> Scott Stud, the Enforcer. 
uh, or the equalizer, because that could also be a gun. When is Glacier? Oh, equalizer, son of a bitch. When does Glacier come? By the way, we got we got a couple years. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 a little ways off. Because I was thinking, Ice Train, fucking Too Cold Scorpio, Glacier, and I need another cold guy. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. Top 12. Um, this is where uh, we pick them based off of great promos, having great matches or moments, or maybe there's something uh, about you that you like that what the wrestler is doing, whatever reasons. Uh, rank your factor. Yeah. <laughs> Top 12 tags count as one entry, just like how we did with the stable. Um, so let's start off at number 12 before we get to number one. My number 12 is Marty Jannetty. Just because he was great in July. Had good matches. And a great match against HBK. But that's my number 12. What's your 12, Jazz? Uh, so I, I didn't uh, rank mine. Hold on, I'm, I'm arranging how I want to have them. Um, I have Undertaker at 12. Because okay. uh, Undertaker only had one match during the, the time, but the match that he had was when he starts to show like he has some wrestling ability. They're you know, they're playing off of that trope where he's he's gonna feud with Mister Mister Biggs or whatever. Uh, but uh, Mister is Mister Hughes, sorry, Mister Biggs. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's gonna he's gonna feud with him. But like the last like that match he had was that one where he like, wrestled um, and uh, he was doing stuff he'd never done before. People were like, oh, he can actually move around like. He's actually got some technique, and he's a big guy and stuff. So, um, so yeah, and this is where that, that turning point happens. So, I have him at 12. All right. Zach, what about you? My number 12 is Yoshi Kwan. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm fully committed to that fucking gimmick. The beast uh, from the east. The, the fucking, with the oriental, like, Martial arts and the, the nerve hold, the Asiatic nerve hold, which he he implemented expertly. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> it is what it is. It was it entertained me. <laughs> All right, you guys are gonna have to do number eleven because my computer is chugging right now and I just lost my list. So, uh, Chaz, go to number eleven. Okay. Okay, uh, I have Razor Ramon as my number eleven. I don't think he actually wrestled on any of the things we watched, but at the time, just taking out, taking into context, like what he's doing at the time, like he's still in that that top group of people. He's in that elite tier. Mang. Mang. Did you say Metalik? What'd you say? Mang. No, you said something before Mang. What? What'd you say? Oh, so he's, in the, like, he's still in that top tier. Oh, wow. What did I say? Metalik. Wow. Never mind. Uh, I, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. stroke. Oh. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. It's uh, like my... you're having a small series of strokes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> Crazy. All right. My list is back up. Number 11, I have a team, the Hollywood Blondes, because they're the best tag uh, they're the best champions. I'll say that. I don't. I don't have as my best team because I picked someone else. But during that time, out of every tag team, who's the fucking tag champs in the uh, WWE? Is it Steiners? Yeah, it's the Steiners. We just haven't seen 
yeah. while. Yeah, they're wrestling dark matches and shit. Mm-hmm. Fucking bullshit. It is. Uh, for the reason they leave. My number, it is. My my number 11 is Dustin Rhodes. He had that good match. He had a couple little short matches, like when, when there was TV. And he still does good promos, even though they're about bullshit. <laughs> mystery partners. Is, yeah, mystery okay. partners and shit. Good like, cowboy so, gear. He's got sweet cowboy shirts. Mm-hmm. That's my 11. All right, number 10 for me, Lord Steven Regal, because I love how he's heel and he, he thinks everybody smells, but his matches are great even when he's facing jobbers. So he's at number 10 for me. All right, I got Vader at number 10. Oh. Yeah, he, he only had the one match and they lost, but I mean, Vader's still Vader. He is, he is the man. Let's get that. Who's the man? Who is the man? Who's the man? Oh. I mean, according to we're following that Ric Flair, but never mind. <laughs> Sorry, you. <laughs> My number it's ten. Time, it's time. It's is Sid Vicious. Oh, the, the, master, time. the uncrowned king of the uncivilized world, as he said. Shit. See, I should have put them together. I have Sid on my list, but I didn't. I'm still kind of keeping them as separate entities because they're like, they're like they two are. singles guys, but they happen to be the masters of the power bomb. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's kind of like Sting and uh, Bulldog in a way. It's, mm-hmm. it's like the opposite side of that coin. Uh, you're saying his name wrong, sir. Sting. Stang. Stang. Yeah. Sorry. Stang. Stang, forgive me. <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't talk we won't talk about the police here. It's Stang. It's Stang country. <laughs> Sid, uh, I've I've gone in depth about Sid before and why I like him, so you know, he's there he is. I know we talked all about those flash kicks and those sonic booms, but you know Frodo Baggins wearing that Stang, so he has that Stang sword. Remember that. Uh, you said, are you saying the Cole twins are number nine for you? <laughs> I was really no, there. no number <laughs> number nine for me is Adam Bomb because he looks goofy, but he ha- it's like the hills have eyes and uh, I almost said thighs with the porn version, but the hills uh, have thighs. yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we rewind time so I don't know that exists? What? <laughs> uh, uh, but it also has like a fallout feeling, like a Max Payne kind of thing too. Not Max, Jesus, fuck, uh, Mad Max. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got Max Payne on the brain. And you got Raven as a, an idiot, but he's funny. Johnny Polo, I'm a rich funny. Boy. Yeah, he's a funny yeah. idiot. What's your nine, Chaz? Yeah, um, so I, I have Doink coming in at number nine. Uh... Cutting good promos, having solid work there, uh, build on progression. So some stuff I, I think he gets ahead of himself. Uh it gets a little weird with the, the whole like having the duplicates and stuff it gets a little funny. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think I think he's still great here. And shame we didn't see more happen with him. But that's what it is. Okay. I got Lord Steven Regal at number nine. All right. Peasants in his wrestling, and he still hasn't had many opportunities to, to speak or do anything of note yet. All right, let's go to number eight. I'm choosing Mr. Hughes because 
he is decent um i think the commentating is a little off the whole reef thing the black reef is kind of annoying but like they're doing this like long storytelling of him having the urn and all that stuff and, and building up so i'm interested to see where it goes so he's my number eight Chaz, what about you number eight i have yokozuna current defending champion Game limited what he's got going on, but early on he has that that squash and just tears crushed and has the, the promo and stuff afterwards, which I think is good. And again, they're still building him to be this dominating force that I mean literally they had the whole body slim challenge. It was around like, you can't even lift me, how are you gonna beat me? So Okay. Number eight for you, Zach. Rick Rude. Because again, he had he had a great match at Beach Blast. When he is able to do squashes, he just shows like how fucking awesome of a wrestler he is. Uh, and when he, he does do a promo where he's not crying or having a bipolar episode, it's <laughs> he still says some pretty good lines and shit. All right, number seven for me is going to be Yokozuna because everything that uh, Chaz said, um, as far as the build up and him crush and crush, <laughs> and crush and crush, yeah. yeah. And I like the whole uh, the body slam challenge too. That was unique to see, because uh, you don't see that that every day, especially in modern wrestling. An angle that big, no. Yeah, that is really cool. What about you, Chaz? Uh, I've said vicious number seven coming in. Just looks like a million fucking bucks out there. Like, and again, one one thing is really just overlooked. Walking down the ring, like with the, the camera following you, and he's as he's walking there, and other shit's going on, and he just actively cuts a promo as he's walking to the ring, all menacing. Uh, that squash, he's great in the Masters of the Powerbomb uh, versus Sting and Davy Boy. Um, yeah, that's very happy with, with how that played out. Put the belt yeah. on him. Guys are getting on the Sid train now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Zach? Seven is one, two, three kid. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Because the kid's been having some some actual matches. He squashed a guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, squash match. Yeah. And I was like, the kid just squashed somebody. Holy shit! <laughs> like, I, I don't know why that just left like a really good impression on me. He one, two, three, uh, him. Did. And then he had like a pretty decent match with uh, uh, Blake Beverly, one of the Beverly brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And he did some crazy shit in that too. So, yeah. Uh, kid, Sean Waltman, X Pack, Six, Six Dog, whatever. <laughs> six he's, he's doing awesome right now. <laughs> Speaking of Six Dog, number six for me is Rick Rude. Um, Every time he's in a match, I love his fucking atomic drop selling. Um, I love his promos. Uh, every time he hits like a fucking suplex, it looks like it hurts. So I, that's why he's at number six for me. What about you, Chaz? Number six. Number six. I have Shawn Michaels. Oh, I thought you were going to put the equalizer. <laughs> he looks like... Uh, it's that that uh, scene in fucking Tommy Boy when they're get they're gonna get arrested for drink, drunk driving and they they get out and he's like bees there's fucking bees everywhere it's like that. <laughs> 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 
Invisible flies. Yeah, swatting all those, those invisible bees. But, uh, but yeah, Nashawn had a great match with Marty Jannetty. He's coming into his own with being an asshole heel. Turns out it's actually just him in real life at this point, but that's okay. It's working well as a character on TV. So, mm-hmm. Hey, at this, at this point, he was still pretty good, actually. Yeah, that is his true. Yeah, he's he's starting to like turn because he's not like hardened and looked partying yet. I don't think he gets hardened at partying shit until 95, 96, mm-hmm. really. He starts fucking nose diving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, we're making our way to the top right now. We're still clean, but yeah. My six is Stoic. Ah. Stoic's just, I don't know, it's interesting. It's like he, before he was just kind of like this periphery mid card heel <clears throat> kind of overly gimmicky but like over time he's kind of like become a bigger part of the show and it's not bad either really like the only thing it's kind of hokey is like the multi doinks but it's not even like he created an illusion he used magic only Bobby Heenan's trying to convince you of that the asshole liar uh, it's no, it's you know, it's another guy being a doink somehow. He maybe paid him 50 bucks. Hey, put on look like me, okay? It'd be fun. We'll we'll fuck with Macho Man. <laughs> <laughs> doink. All right, number five, Sid Vicious. Because, yeah, because yeah. he's a big motherfucker. Uh, and also, I was actually happy to see uh, Colonel fucking uh. <laughs> Like out of that whole show, he was uh, one of the highlights. I was like, yes, Parker, yeah. yeah. I almost called him Colonel Parkinson's for some strange. <laughs> I, dude, I'm we're, I, I'm being real with you guys. I got off of work and we're like three hours in. I'm having fun, but like I'm also getting tired, so like I'm losing my brains a little bit. Uh, that's all the time anyway. Uh. So, Chaz, what's your number five? Got the Hollywood Blondes. Mm. Yeah, I know Sleeper. I have them pretty highly ranked, but like at this point, when when they're on television, they they're gold, and it's a to me at least decidedly best best tag team on on either promotion at the moment uh, in terms of what's getting like promoted. Like Steiners are probably an exception to that, but they're not really getting any time. Um, but yeah, my number five is Vader. Ah, and yeah, he only did like one thing this month. Whatever, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, number four for me is HBK. Um, great Intercontinental Champion. Would you say he's one of the best IC champs out there? Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, no doubt. At WrestleMania ten, it's like I say. Exactly. And SummerSlam, the SummerSlam follow-up. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always one to forget about, right? It's like, because you think about WrestleMania, but yeah, the SummerSlam follow-up is really good, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chaz, what about yeah. you, number four? I've got Bam Bam Bigelow. Ah. Dude is on fire right now between the last two months with his uh, matches with Brett. And, um, again, knowing what we know, it's, it's sad, but it's like, if... He's so close, to, like he gets real momentum behind him. Like he really could take a, a shot at, at getting a, a long run with with one of the 
titles. Even like a good long IC run could have been something doable, but um, the uh, yeah things play out the way they do. And that's that. All right, Zach. What about you? Uh, it's Bam Bam. You guys, uh, you guys have. I mean, spoiler alert. I'm my Bam Bam is higher, but it's it's. I'm interested to see what your top three are going to be. Oh yeah, I got I got a hot hot one for you. Mm. I, I'll go ahead and spoil it. Sting is not in my top twelve. Sting what? was my Sting was my favorite wrestler as a kid at this point. Uh, Sting is not on my list right now, just specifically to this month. But gotta say it right, by the way. Stang, sorry, Stang, Stang, <laughs> Stang's not on my list. I I had I ran out of too many people and I fucked up after I had Undertaker and I was like, you know what? If I'd have known this, I'd have taken Undertaker off. But so. Just like when you when you say New York City, you gotta be like New York City. Um, but New York City. Yeah. I put Bam Bam on there for pretty much similar reasons we've all talked about though. Like he's had a good run right now, and he's kind of getting pushed, and he's doing great. Mm-hmm. He's good. I'm, looking, from the east. I'm looking forward. Anytime I hear Bam Bam Bigelow's doing something, I'm like fuck yeah, something good's gonna happen. Yes, number three for me. Is Doink the Clown? Holy or, or, shit! Or just, Whoa! Or, or just Doink. At number three, the reason why great wrestling. Um, every time, yeah. yeah, he was one of my best promos with Macho Man. I'm excited to see what he does with Macho Man because we're gonna see Macho Man back in the ring. We haven't seen that. In mm-hmm. a long, I think the only time we saw Macho Man in the ring, me and Zach was <laughs> Macho Man and a Repo Man because Repo Man took his hat. He was also in the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, that too. He hilariously eliminated himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> god damn it. He did the, oh, God, oh, God, and then just went back to the commentating team. Number three is Yoko Zuno for me. And what? it's just because he's doing awesome in that main event role. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the shit with the, the body slam challenge, the, the shit where he killed Crush, and all that. Good stuff. All right. my, my number three is Lex Luger. Whoa. No, I'm, just fucking, I, I'm just fucking kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my, number three, my number three is Ric Flair. Uh, gets, a, gets his title back for 10 time. Anytime he's on, he's cutting gas promos. He's still in his stride. Uh, he's the man. Woo! Swing his dick around. That's the way it is. Helicopter dick. Uh, number two. Number two for me is Brett the Hitman Hart. He's every time he gets in the ring. I mean, what do I? What do I need to say? He's Bret Hart. He never had a bad match. The ones that we watch, uh, even before July, like all the matches. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you count the. Brett versus Bam Bam with the whole weird ending, but he still, still had. Wasn't bad. Yeah, he still wasn't bad. It was it was great, uh, but he's my number two. What about you guys? Yeah, I I also have Brett at number two. Ah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's he's the best thing happening uh, over on WWF as far as performance and, and quality, um, in my opinion. Um, and the Stu Hart stuff, yeah, it's bad, but it's it's leading somewhere. Like it's it's just Stu has caused the, the pickle there, but uh <laughs> but Brett Brett himself is doing great work. He's in his strides, about to to hit uh 
another streak where he's going to get a chance to to get a, a title run. I mean, again, we're building up to WrestleMania 10 um, within the next year. So, yeah. All right, Zach. My number two is Shawn Michaels. Ah. And that's because he over he's continuing to like develop, and now he's got Diesel. So now he's got that fucking big asshole bodyguard thing going for him. And I like the stuff he's done with Marty lately too. Mm-hmm. So like they, they've had that back and forth with the title and that that's been cool. And bumps his ass off even for like fucking other people like goddamn Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And shit. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number one. Not a surprise, Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, I I've talked about him so much, I don't need to say it again. Uh, his work speaks for itself, but it's kind of sad where it leads pretty much nowhere. <laughs> but it's good for the moment, I guess. Uh, and he's my number one. Chaz, what about you? Uh, I, I'm going to defer. I want to go last. I got a hot take for number one. All right, Zach, you go. Okay, my number one's Bret Hart. Which, eh, it's probably you probably saw it coming, even though he didn't do a whole lot this month. Uh, it's still quality over quantity is more my mantra. Uh, and yeah, every time he fucking has a match, it's great. And when he's involved in a segment, he fucking takes it seriously. <laughs> what else can you really say about the guy? <laughs> All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I think. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'm, I'm saying I'm ready for your hot take. I'm ready for this. Okay, before I get to it, I do want to make a quick addendum uh, because I, I just had too many people marked out on my thing. I, I want to remove Undertaker from my, my number 12 spot. I'll, I'll sneak Stang on there. Stang. Yeah. Taker, Taker would have been that honorable mention, but Stang, Stang's got to be on there because Stang's in my head. But number one, two cold Scorpio. Ooh. And I, I'm going to tell you why. He, had, If you go back and look at these cards, he I'm pretty sure he was on every single card or, or match for WCW, given there weren't a whole lot this month. But even last month, too, he's pretty consistently on every single card. The, the man does not have a bad match. He is the glue holding WCW together right now this time because their <laughs> card, top to bottom, is kind of shit. Like, they're not building things really well, everything getting really hokey, but you know at least when he's on television, it's at least going to be good. If he's in the ring moving, you want to pay attention and watch it. And we even talked earlier, the weakest match he had, again, that nine-match card we had between squashes and all the other shit there, it was easily the best match of any of the ones that were on there in terms of what we watched, and he, he actually kind of probably kept himself from even being in the match knowing that the other guys were going to pull him down. Uh, I mean, he can hold his own. Even last month when he had the match with with, with Wyndham, he showed he, he's toe to toe. Like it's it is a travesty. This man did not get the the strap, uh, like the rocket strap, right to him and pushed to get him a main event title. You put the rocket fuel, Hulk Hogan. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, actually, I, I one more thing. Just this. Rhetorical question. Think think to yourself about what we've watched, at least WCW content-wise. 
and aside from aside from very few matches, aside from Masters of Powerbomb with that that ridiculous build from last month, um, like who else is what what other matches were better in in their entire wrestling program? Anything that was involving Tuchel and Scorpio, like literally out of like a sea of just turds, he is the one shining thing that sticks out. It's, man just fucking works in the ring. He's good. Makes any anyone he wrestles with a little bit better too. Because man, he's works with some clunkers. It's kinda like, like WCW is what WWE is now. They have the talent. It's all there, but the booking is like, what are you doing? And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. booking is fucking awful. Yeah, it's it's whew. I mean you have Vader, you have uh Sid Vicious, you have Stang, you have British Bulldog, you have um Rick Rude, you have Dustin Rhodes, Cactus Jack, uh, Rick Flair, uh, Barry Windham. I what? Like you have have Steamboat? Like like, how did he? That's that's the best example. Like he's probably the one of the worst used characters on on in their promotion, right? Mm -hmm. Really falling down hard. Oh yeah, yeah, it's horrible. It's kind of like it's kind of like they kind of got pissed at him a little for like. Not going along with the martial artist fucking steamboat. You're like, you know what? You're just gonna say Paula the whole fucking time. Go have fun with fucking Paula Orndorff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want you to be an idiot. Just wear the shirt. I don't want to be an idiot. Well, you gotta be, or I'm gonna fire you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh best show time. Yes, best show time. Uh, what was the single best show this month? Could be a TV show like Monday Night Raw or WCW or like uh, Beach Blast as the pay-per-view. Um, as much as Beach Blast was a pretty decent pay-per-view, Raw was consistent. And that consistency topples Beach Blast. And what we are getting from Beach Blast is not great. So I'm going to go with Monday Night Raw. Oh, okay. So it's it's not an individual episode, right? It's actually pick a show itself. Uh, well, there's like a best show, and then there's an honorable mention for a best show, like whatever. Okay. Yeah, because I, 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 I kind of took it like it meant like I had to pick a specific like episode. Of uh, yeah. The best show. Yeah, you do. Oh, I oh okay. I mixed yeah. it up then. Sorry. Yeah, he said raw, so I was like, wait, he just mixed it all together. So yeah, do you have a specific mm. raw? Uh, the Bret Hart one. The sorry, uh, the one with the, his parents. I had fun yeah, that, that's what I had. I have yeah. that as my as best show, and I have honorable mention Beach Blast. No, I, yeah, I, actually, I have two honorable mentions. I'm sorry, I marked. Uh, uh, so Raw, July 26th is my best show. Raw, July 19th is my honorable mention, and, and Beach Blast is an honorable mention. Yeah, mine's like flipped. It's the July nineteenth Raw is the best show for me, and then the honorable mention is the July twenty uh, sixth. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I kind of want to give Beach Blast some props for being uh, a better show than what I thought it was going to be for being like a weird middle of the year WCW pay per view that's not a traditional one. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, it's time to know the answer to this, and I think everybody knows the answer to this. Who won the month? Who had the best overall product this month? And it goes to... WF, Herb Abrams. Yes. E, C, W. Ah. <laughs> yeah, no, the Fed got this one. New Japan Pro Wrestling. They wrestled in the Tokyo Dome. It was great. <laughs> Seven stars in the Tokyo Dome. Ultimo Drago is is champion. No, it's WWF, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's clearly, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is our award show, everybody. Uh, I I think our longest episode ever was four hours, so we're still under our longest show. Uh, we have three hours and 14 minutes. Remember when we said, that, oh, man, this is going to be easy. It's only just going to be <laughs> one WCW and then the award show. Well, uh, to be fair, we started a little late. We'll give, give a little credit. True. We started late. We ran it and raved for about an hour before we actually got there. We always do that, though. Content, yeah. yeah. We got we to do that so White Call Tony finally listens and does something. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh fuck it doing it live since we're are we pretty much cutting wcw out they're we're not watching their tv product for august so yeah, are, we're giving them the peacock treatment so are we doubling yeah. up raw for each yeah, episode? Gonna, yeah our next episode will be monday night raw from august 2nd and 9th okay all right remember to watch those two episodes then come back the bi-weekly so not next week the following week uh where we'll be talking about that if you want to watch or listen to more getting some color if you want to watch you could go on twitch on my joe dubs plays channel or you could go on getting some color on youtube um also um if you want to listen to the audio it's in every podcast like apple or google or spotify or your mother's sister's ass if you say hey mom sister's ass play getting some color i don't know it might happen who knows um try it out tell me how that goes comment down below on youtube if that works or not um and <laughs> uh if you want to watch uh our metal gear podcast we're gonna be doing that next year we were supposed to do it yesterday but you know things change life ch happens and we postpone it for next uh thursday uh and if you want to watch uh and listen to uh Big Trouble Little Podcast, we're going to be doing the last Lord of the Rings movie, The Return of the King. And also, we're going to be ranking uh, all of the Lord of the Rings. So if you want to see what we rank, I recommend you go see that. And Zach will be telling us what theme we'll be picking next in our round of movies. So uh, be ready for that. But until next time, everybody, remember to get some color. Trains.